Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Snarf Talk with Chris and Jerry. And this is our podcast where we try and write and create a comic book as well as talk about all different kinds of things. Check out our website, snarfcomics.com. It's going to have uh, parts of our comic book on there, parts of past comic books that we've done, uh, and a bunch of other things that we want on there. And please subscribe and tell your friends, and thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy. Hey, we're back. Ah, take two. Take two, back in the studio. Bit of a recording malfunction. Jerry screwed up. Yeah. Again. So we, like, went out of our way this time to start a little bit earlier. We did. And then we we took us, like, an hour to get set up and figure out how to get this stupid... This is why we need our podcast studio permanently in place. You mean um, the podcast studio and writing emporium? And writing emporium. Snarf. Uh, Snarf Productions, yes, podcast studio and writing emporium. Exactly. Yes, we need to get it up and running. I have not made. Um, I've made a little bit of progress on that front, but we're yeah. It's not. It's not anything nah. too pressing. We have the availability to record other places, yeah, if necessary. So big, uh, big couple of days. Yeah, big like three to four days. A lot. Yeah, a lot a of lot, things happen. A lot of going on. All I feel like this went from a whatever we're just hanging out into like a real thing yeah it is a real thing and i think uh it was most of your doing (laughs) i didn't really have a hand in it besides like saying there was a lot of text messages that said wow good job (laughs) (laughs) no but we uh we um launched our website Yes, which we talked, we we plugged in the last one, even though it didn't exist at the time. Exactly, and I was thinking we shouldn't be plugging this because we're <laughs> never going to do it. Yeah. And lo and behold, we now have a Snarf Comics uh, uh, website. website. It is the yeah. uh, home for Snarf Productions, but we are calling it SnarfComics.com because we thought it sounded better. Yeah, and we couldn't get the domain. That's. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> So anyway, it is uh it's up. It's just kind of populated with some stock photo images right now and some uh, a lot of you we're know, under construction. I like the stock photos. I think you they're know, pretty neat. They work actually. Out. A lot of it's just talking about it's under construction. Yeah. But today I did get a chance to um work on the blog. I tell you what, this guy's like a programmer over here. Which is under the news uh head the and the header. And um I uploaded the blog posts from SnyderOn.com. Another thing that happened in the meantime. Why don't you? Yeah, that was just yesterday. I didn't. I've I've been like obsessing over this thing. It's not a very good website by any means, just because I don't really know what I'm doing yet. But I'm getting a little bit more comfortable in the whole WordPress program, and uh, I finally bit the bullet. I got it where I was okay with it, and put it out there live. Uh, for people to check out. So that's a separate website, and that's the home of everything Snyder on. Yeah. But we are uploading the blog posts from Snyder on onto the Snarf Comics website in yeah. that blog, which is confusing, but that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, and in the 
on the Snyder on website and on the Snyder on podcast, I talk about how this is kind of a blended venture. Yes. So Snyder on may have its own website, but really it's, it's just, it's kind of together. Well, and I put a little nifty link in the header on Snarf Comics that says Snyder on blog, and that will take you to all the Snyder on specific blog posts. I, I made a category for Snyder yeah. on in the blog. So that'll take you right there. Um, other things on the website, you can see what we do, the projects we're working on. Um, you can contact us to partner with us, um, which we'd love to have you do if you're interested Absolutely. in uh, editing, drawing, inking, lettering, a comic book, or giving we us need, money. We need artists and money. <laughs> <laughs> you can contact us. Uh, there's a little take action uh, button. Which Click. I don't take know what some it does. action. I don't guys. know what it does. but You just got to take oh, the there, action. Oh, that takes you to uh, donate, which... I don't even think you can do yet. Right, because there's... It, it spread the word, which... Uh, not, so a lot of the website's uh, not really up and running, but it's there. It's there. And it looks pretty damn good. It does look lie. very good. I enjoy it. Uh, I think it's done very well. But the blog part is... Um, it's got some content, some Snyder on content, and then... Yeah, there's three different posts. One of them's just like a welcome to my actual blog, but then there's two actual... Um, like uh what would you call them posts blogs yeah someone's are written very well written may i really compliment you, like it? you? yes they're long they're a lot longer than i ever well, thought blog i could write posts them are supposed to be long yeah no i know but i was actually surprised once like when i was writing it it wasn't i, I didn't feel like it was long but then once i actually saw the post i was like oh holy crap <laughs> i wrote a lot of stuff there i don't know that i'm gonna write a lot of blog posts right away um like like you're doing i'll probably my blog post might be limited more to just saying what what we like hey we got this coming up yeah or whatever i think that's or hey idea. we got a new podcast coming and then our blog cross posts to twitter facebook and instagram which we all have it does all new social media we are at snarf comics we... on instagram at snarf comics on twitter and at snarf comics at facebook yes and i'll put those all in the description of the uh, podcast when it goes up. So what would be really awesome is if everybody went out there and liked Just our liked Facebook it. page, followed yeah, us on Instagram That's all you got to do. Follow us, like us. Um, it's fun. Yeah. I think this is fun. It's uh, that the whole so social media thing was huge in the last like one day. Yeah, yeah. I set like that all up like Tuesday or Monday. Yeah, yeah, Monday. I pretty much set aside Monday to work on all this stuff. I pretty much worked on it all day. Yeah, and set all that stuff up, and Tuesday, Tuesday was started the, blowing up. Was the big day that it it all got out there where we started sharing it, and I apologize to anybody that was annoyed by those uh, posts because an onslaught of posts from the same thing can get overwhelming at times. But I don't know. I think it was just pretty positive. Like yeah, every all the feedback I got, and um, like I got a, a few text messages and things coming in. It was all pretty positive. Yeah, we've heard some positive things about the podcast as yeah. well. And, and a lot, lot of people asking how to how to listen to it. I yeah. I put out there basically every way you could listen to it. A lot um, of confusion. Confused people as yeah. well. <laughs> like, yeah. wait, like, what? What are you doing? Yeah. What is this? Your dad had a really nice comment on, about my blog. He was like, how awesome. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you read it. I, I shared that yeah. about your, your website. Yep. I think that. Maybe they thought that it was my blog. Probably. That's fine. Not that <laughs> it isn't, but um, 
anyway, so I said that that's your blog. Yeah, it was really it's really cool to see. Um, it feels more real, it like does. you said. Like it feels like, holy smokes! Like this, maybe this is something now, rather than just like uh, a time waster for us. Right? <laughs> you know, I was telling uh, I I was telling my wife um, tonight actually. I said, I don't know. In the last two days, this kind of went from like a average pastime to it feels like. I don't want to say a job because a job is something you don't want to do. Right. I enjoy doing it. Yeah. But I'm just saying it feels like it's like tangible. It It's very tangible now. And I don't know. It's, re, it's really neat to see all of that. I've never, I've always seen people post uh, or put together like a, not a company, but some sort of a presence or branding, you know? Yeah. Like branding themselves into something. And I've always thought, man, what would that be like? Well, we just <laughs> did it. And it wasn't too difficult no i mean and this is i'm not i'm not getting ahead of myself here i'm not saying like we've you know topped mount everest but absolutely not it's our website basically on every page says we're under construction right and that's fine (laughs) we'll get there i think people understand i think the challenge is going to be i think the social media stuff's important because if we can get kind of plugged in with the comic book community it's going to be give us some it's going to be a lot easier for find a an artist that might want to partner with us Right. Down the road. I think it'll be a lot easier once we have some sort of a presence. Yeah. In, like you said, in, in the comic book community, which I think we're getting. Uh, hopefully, with the future interviews that we will get, um, that could... Have we talked about that? I don't know. No, I don't think so. I think you did. So why don't you comments, update? But... So if that all isn't enough, we have a lot more that's gone on in the last three days. So. Yes. So we were... Um, like at the, when we went to wizard world, we, Chris made cards before we left. Cause we knew, so we went to Chicago to wizard, wizard world there, the comic con there. And we realized once we got there that we really needed to have something to hand out or some sort of, uh, promotional think, stuff for ourselves. I if, think somebody even told us that there. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we can probably back up cause that was the first time we had gone to at wizard world in Chicago in August was the first time we went to a comic con. Yes. Together. Together. I had gone to one previous to that. Mm-hmm. But um, the one previous to that I went to, which I think you were supposed to go with me to. I was. That was the one where I, you know, I'm just like, whoa. Yeah. This, and not not the, not for the aspect of um, the merchandise or the cosplay or all that stuff. For the art, artist alley and it's, the writers and creators. There's so many creators there that are trying to do, or well, are trying and have done what we want to do they want to do their own books they did it so they've given they've given us like the insight on like what's worked for them what didn't work for them and we went to a couple panels uh, on self-publishing we couldn't make the writing one but we went to self-publishing one we talked to a lot of people got a lot of awesome contacts so which is what like sparked the whole thing yeah and then this time around i saw hey wizard world wisconsin which was in madison and that's what we were talking about earlier it was just kind of we were planning to go, and of course, we both completely forgot about it. Uh, yeah, and then it was normal. like two days before. Oh, when when we were recording well, when the we recorded the last episode of yeah. this, uh, we he picked it up on the computer, and he's like, "Hey, we need to go to this." I said, "Yeah, we definitely need to go." I had the grand plan like a month prior, or it, I think it was longer than that, two months prior, 
that we would like spend the night, go two days in a row. Go to the old sugar distillery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that place existed, but we didn't go there. We just went to the con. Um, Which, as we mentioned, was amazing. It was. In itself that we even made it. But I guess we can go and talk about the con because that's a big, I think that's a big thing we can discuss. Yeah, for sure. So upon arriving, uh, we realized it was smaller than Chicago. Like way smaller. Yeah, like a quarter the size of what Chicago was probably. Wouldn't you say? Like roughly a quarter? or The show itself, the main room was a quarter the size, plus there was like two additional rooms at the other con. Yeah, there was. I forgot about that. And then there was like whole separate areas for meet and greet. and Something upstairs, wasn't there? There was... It was big. Chicago was big, which shouldn't surprise anyone because it's Chicago. Right. Um, but I honestly thought Madison would be bigger than what it was. Uh, but I don't feel like that affected the con at no, all No, we just for ran us. through it quicker. That's yeah, we went through it quicker. We went through it like four times, really. Yeah. Um, the one thing I was disappointed in is that there wasn't as many people with comic books there, like selling old trades and that's true like yeah. uh we actually, with the long boxes we specifically and went and we're like we had tons of time yeah and we're like we we're gonna go find some old daredevil and old swamp thing copies yep and i had targeted three or four copies that we wanted yeah and there was one i, sh- I should have bought you though. really should have bought i don't know why i didn't. Really didn't it was a swamp thing i was seven i was the yeah, first swamp number... thing batman cover that would have perfectly complemented your second swamp i know thing batman and cover. I was dead set on the fact that I could probably get it cheaper. I probably can, but I just should have got it. I mean, it would have been like, what, $10? Cheaper, exactly. I, what, what am I really it, saving there? That's exactly the book we're looking for, and to just walk up, and it was right there. And it was right there in very good condition. Like, unbelievable condition. From, it was something like, from 1974 or whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, it was 70s. Something 73 like or 74. Um, yeah, it was... Very fine near mint, like nine six is what they had on nine point six. Yeah, I think it might even graded higher than that. Yeah, and even though, and even then, there was the... less vendors, but also they were way less organized. Yeah, it wasn't like there they was no alphabetical order, order at no. all. Like it would, you would have had to. I was rifling through a couple boxes, and there was no order to it whatsoever. Right. It was just random. I mean, Marvel, DC, like everything in one box. It wasn't even alphabet, like alphabetized in there, which yeah. most people do. But, but oh well. Um, the probably one of the most crazy things was, yeah. so we walk into this comic con. We got there right when they opened, and right on the floor is that they got this like really amped up MC. That's right when you walk in, he's got a microphone. He's on the floor in front of a stage. Yeah, and he's trying to get his job is to get everybody fired up, get pictures and introduce whoever's going on stage see and when we first got there it wasn't really that big of a deal what well, was there going was like, on yeah, because there was there. like nobody there we were we, we got there as soon as the doors opened up so we were part of like the first 50 people that walked in and it, you know it, he was like kind of chatting and whatnot and i was like man that guy looks familiar i was like doesn't that guy look like kato <laughs> kalen chris is like just kind of chuckled he's like yeah kind of does so we walked around not thinking about it but it was bugging me the whole time i was like i'm pretty sure that's that dude like i think that's him and we walked past him a few few more times i was like i'm positive that's who that is looked it up on google first first link on google was kato kalen mc of wizard wizard world madison 
and I showed it to Chris on the phone. He's like, you have got to be kidding me. I couldn't, like, the whole day. I'm just like, I Yeah, can't. after that, it was like showstopper. Like, we got we got to stand around him. We're just like, <laughs> and then we did. Just not, not because he's a celebrity. It's just because it's so weird. It is just strange. Like, the only thing I know about him is that he was in the OJ trial. <laughs> right. That's it. What else has he done? I think he was on, I think he actually hosted Saturday Night Live once. Uh, he's I know he was on Saturday shows. Night Live. Yeah, but either way, he's really not that big of a celebrity. He's no, just he's somebody that was in everyone's home right. in 1995. Well, I mean, so he's I obviously was, not a celebrity. He's hosting right. Wizard, Wizard World of Madison. Wizard World of Madison, which was, again, like, he wasn't in Chicago. so No, and by the way, was phenomenal at it. He was very, very he good. He was hilarious and yeah. high energy. So as soon as we realized it was him and went back, Chris was like, you've got to get a picture with him. So... I was kind of like tentative because I didn't really want to bug him because as soon as we went up to him, all of a sudden it was like he all of a sudden like blew up yeah, into this wanting to take a picture. He saw this one woman, started taking a picture with her. Chris took the picture, actually. Yeah, and then I like was so discombobulated by what was (laughs) going on that I like just kept the lady's phone and like walked (laughs) over to the side. It was funny. They were having like a chat from... I don't know. They must have known each other from somewhere because he acted like he knew yeah, her. Yeah. And then she came up to me. Well, he was like pulling everybody in to to get a picture. So I think it it's like an official picture. F- I believe for it that. was that or the newspaper or something. Yeah, something like that because there was some people with very high end cameras taking yes. pictures. Um, and he he started pulling all of these people that were walking through the door, uh, in to get this big massive group picture. And while we were all standing there, uh, he keeps pointing at people. And the lady that he was originally talking to leans over to me and she's like, do you even know who this is? I said, yes, I do. She's like, okay, I was just checking. And that was it. He was, was just like, grabbing people. Everybody walked away. Hey, hey, the Spider-Man, get over yeah, here. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, Paul, hey, little get over kid here. with the glasses, come here. <laughs> I think he was talking to me, but I was already there. Um, Yeah, that was really funny. And then we took this big picture and then it was just like a mass of people around. So we're like. Let's just, Let's you know, walk around. And then later I ended up getting that selfie with him. He was up on stage, and I was just like, hey. I yelled at him. I said, hey, selfie. And I turned around, and he did his little pose. It's up on the website. <laughs> and on, uh, uh, what's that What's that thing called? It's on the Facebooks, on Instagram. Instagram. I couldn't think of it. I literally Jerry just got Instagram. Just like, <laughs> I literally he cannot wrap his head around this Instagram <laughs> no, thing. No, I can't. I've never my, had it before. I, I've been completely against Instagram until now it's that the I have only some one sort worth of, having. That's what I'm finding out. But I had my an Instagram account personally, and it's a it's at the Chris Harvard. If anybody wants to follow me, okay. I looked when I started doing this. I opened my Instagram account and never use it. I yeah, had one I, post from like four years ago. Okay, <laughs> kind of like your Twitter. Yes. It, well, yeah. yeah I, I've done a little more on the Twitter, but on the I'm, tweets. On the tweeter. I had. Hey, man, Kevin's. Kevin Smith tweeted at me. He did. And Neil deGrasse Tyson. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I'm kind of a Twitter celebrity. You're kind of a big deal. Yeah. So at the Comic-Cons, you know, because I'm assuming most people haven't gone to one, a lot of merchandise, a lot of kind of geek-related merchandise. It's it's kind of like a flea market almost. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of like handmade stuff, but then there's lots of, you know, t-shirts and, and, you know, more merchandise. Right. But... A lot of cool stuff. Um, 
There is celebrities that you can get your autograph from and take pictures with, mm-hmm. which I think is ridiculous. Yes, I agree. To pay $100 to get your picture. But, you know, okay, here's, I was talking about this to my wife because she said the same thing. She's like, that is so ridiculous that they would charge you to even, like, be in their presence. I agree. But, I mean, it's the same when you go to concerts. That's true. And they you gotta, go to a concert and you got to pay for a VIP thing to for a meet and greet. Yeah. Um, and they're just guys playing guitar and singing. You know? So we didn't meet with any celebrities. And frankly, no. most of them had pretty empty lines all day. They did. It was, kind of it was like disgusting. <laughs> it was so sad to the see. The big showstopper was William Shatner. William though. Shatner. We, I, I didn't, never, we saw, never him. saw him. He was, uh, they had a, we were eating for like the third time. Um, yeah. And there was a big line of people waiting to get a photo. And he was over there in the corner. Uh, I would have liked a to bunch of see him yeah. from a distance. I walked into uh Greg Brady. Yeah, you walked into the Brady Bunch, <laughs> uh, Barry Williams. Yeah. He was just walking around. So this is completely, like, against the rules, I think, but I was taking pictures of them. So did you. I think I posted a picture of Kevin Sorbo. Yeah. Um, I, the Hercules I took a picture of him, from the too. 90s. Yeah, he was great. I was I loved he Kevin Sorbo. exactly like he did in the 90s. He hasn't aged. Yeah. He's flawless. Handsome man. But so I was Jerry sneaking was pictures. Sneaking yeah, I was sneaking pictures of all these people, and I just took a picture of uh, Greg Brady. I don't remember. What's his real name? Barry? Barry Williams. Barry Williams. There you go. Uh, took a picture. We walked down an aisle, and then all of a sudden I turned around, and he's like right in front of me. I was like, oh, hey. He just walked past. Like a hemp, uh, hippie, yeah. rainbow-colored <laughs> yeah. hemp shirt with no shoes on, mm-hmm. and like those like linen pants. Like, straight up hippie. I didn't look at his pants, but his shirt was very vibrant Yes, for an older gentleman. He's aged. Like, he's he's a lot older than I ever expected. He's probably in his 80s. No. He Uh, can't. I don't think he's that old. You're right. He's definitely 70. We gotta gotta figure that out. I think he's definitely 70 because... Oh, he's got... He's he's 64. Oh. Okay. He looks older than that. Yeah, much. No offense, Barry Williams. No. My father-in-law is 64, and he's farmed his whole life and looks better than that. Yeah. So who else was big there? Um, that was it. No. Dean Kane. He w- I never saw him. Of Lois and Clark fame. Never saw him. Like Superman. They had, a little, they had a little timer up on when he was supposed to be yeah. back. He was supposed to be back at like 2. It was like 2.05. He still wasn't there. Um, Apparently, Thomas a- Ian Nicholas from Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he was there too. And American Pie. John uh, Heater or Header. Yeah, from Napoleon Dynamite. He was there somewhere. These are not, I don't know why these people are, these aren't the people that you would, you think you'd get like a. Yeah, they weren't the the cast you would expect at a Comic-Con. Although really. the guy that plays Constantine, Matt Ryan. Yeah. He was there. He was Lieutenant Uhura. Isn't that what her name hmm? was? Michelle Nichols from Star Trek. Uhura. Oh yeah, that was the first interracial on-screen kiss. It was on Star Wars between you're, you're right her and William Shatner, I believe. Was it William Shatner? I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Oh, you know who was there was the Sh- guy from Harry Potter, Neville Longbottom. Yeah, I don't know much about you're uh, not any Harry Potter, Potter stuff. No, I'm like uh, I've watched some of the I've watched a few of the movies. I've never read a single word of the book. I've read all the books, and then me and Cash, or me and my son are watching through the movie series right now. But 
I kind of made a mistake there because I told him uh, someday big time that big we time would go mistake. to the Harry Potter world, and, and now he's like a huge fan now. And I said we'll go to the Harry Potter world in in Orlando someday, but you got to watch the movies first. It was just kind of my way to not have to watch a Disney movie that I've seen a million times, or at least watch something I could stand. So, so he's been watching them like manically going through them all. And then the other day he says to me, so we only got two movies left before we go to Harry Potter World. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Uh, like, no. not right when we finish the movies, we're not going. Yeah, like, but that's hard we'll for a five-year-old year to understand. Or something. But, no, nah, it was yep. cool. So there's all those celebrity lines. Like, in the, in the here, it was in the middle, just right in the middle of the show. In, in Chicago, it was a whole different room. Yeah, it was. And, like, a way more people. A lot more people. It was almost impossible to like get even through it. And then you there couldn't... was a, there was another con that we didn't go to in October. I think it was called. Um, it was at Navy Pier. It was at Navy Pier. Yeah, there was. But it had way bigger oh, celebrities. That one we should have went to. Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah, Kieran Gillen. Uh, Chris Evans. Matt Smith. Um, Tom Hiddleston. Uh, a lot of people were there. Yeah, Chris Evans and Tom Hiddleston were going to be there. I don't know if Chris Hemsworth was. I, I don't think so. I think that. it was just uh, Captain America and. Uh, Loki, and then, I mean, the Doctor and Amy Pond. That yeah, well, is what yeah. I really wanted to see. Just like sneak a pic of them, you know. Yeah, that you sounded a can. lot weirder than I meant it to, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's no, we wouldn't have been able to at something like that. But man, we should have went because I could get parking at um, the lock at Navy Pier. We could park there for free. Walk I think where I was even. Feel like i was available that day i don't know i just we didn't we couldn't make it work yeah i don't i don't remember it was in october wasn't it because it was i think so yeah. because it depended on harvest yeah which we still could have went yes we could have but because oh well we didn't well we'll be going to c2e2 in march that's march, our next uh, that's that's what we got to remember by calendar. august for wizard world <clears throat> chicago hopefully we'll have a book and maybe a booth yeah that's that's the plan that's the I goal guess. I think we can easily make that goal. We've got almost a year to do it. So anyway, the rest of that show, the biggest part for us and where we spent way the most of our time was in Artist Alley, which yes. this was a very, very small Artist Alley comparatively, but still was cool. It was yeah. a lot. Um, so so what you get in an Artist Alley um, is obviously artists. Uh, there's a lot of artists drawing like cover artists for books. Uh sequential art just like, just like random painters. yeah just random artists uh and they have a lot of really cool stuff up but there's also creators there of their own books like self-publishing books um it, and even not self-published books but anyway there's just a lot of creators there that you have free availability to talk to um and get input from and that's what we've been trying to capitalize on you do have to remember when you're there uh, if anybody were to go and, and start like hijacking people's time, they are there to sell their stuff. Right. Um, so you don't really want to get in the way of that. Uh, and most of them won't let you get in the way of that because they'll just start ignoring you after a certain amount of time. I, but I don't blame them. I mean, they're there for a purpose. If you and I are there, I don't want to talk to the same guy for 40 minutes when well, we will. 60 people walk by. I absolutely will because I'll talk to a frog. <laughs> Uh, but uh, you just have to be respectful of their time, which I think we are. But uh, there's one guy that we met from Chicago. His name's Travis Mueller, or Trevor. Sorry. Trevor Mueller. Trevor yeah. Mueller. 
he's started his own comic book and he does uh, some uh, panels. He did he did a panel in Chicago. I think he's got a contract with Wizard. I don't know. He must because he was he did them at both. Yeah, he did them at both. He's he's been he's really good at marketing. He's um, a marketing and advertising. Yeah, guy. that's his like a job. His day job. Um, he's really good at that. So. It's good to get some insight. But he also has, uh, he's a comic book creator. He has a, a series out called Albert the Alien. Yes, the first foreign exchange student that is an alien. Yeah, I think uh, the, at the Chicago Con, I bought a copy of that. Um, he's got a couple other books, something Los Ojos. Yes. And then, uh, I don't remember what the other, Asshole was the yeah. other one. That was um, the first one he ever started. And he's starting a new one now, I think. Yeah. I think he's just wrapping up. And actually, we talked to him um, quite a bit. And then we went to two uh, workshops that he was running. Mm-hmm. One on self-publishing comics, the art of self-publishing comics, something like that. Yeah, the art of self-publishing. Them. And then the second one was writing for comics. Yep. It was pretty good. Um, I like what he has to say. Uh, and it, like I said, it just gives you like really good insight on what on what track we should be on or right. what track you should be on to get a certain place. I found it really interesting that a lot of what he was saying to do is stuff that we were already just we were doing, already doing intuitively. This is the thing about creating comic books, though, is that anywhere you go, and the majority of people that you talk to will will say this, there's no right and wrong way, really. No. There's no, like, fixed... Uh, script like yeah format. fixed script or like a fixed program let's say on what you need to follow to get a certain place every single creator has done something differently than the next and still gotten where they need to go the basis is right yeah like you have to create something in order to get anywhere the, the really the hardest part is just and forcing yourself to put the pen to paper right to and do actually it. do the stuff it's interesting um so there's basically two main schools of thought, really, on comic book script formatting. Mm-hmm. The first being um, the Stanley, um, the Marvel method. Marvel is, what, is how it's method. called. I mean, I'm sure there's other ways, but that's a very common one. And that is pioneered by Stanley, where he would basically take a story. So the comic book story might be... Uh, Spider-Man stops a bank robbery. The Green Goblin shows up. They fight, and Spider-Man wins. And a comic. That's it. That's all he would write. And he might write that, you know, in a couple pages, mm-hmm. and basically just hit the beats. And then that would be his script, and he'd give it to the artist. The artist would basically just draw it however they wanted, and then Stan would take the art and go back in and write the dialogue based off of what the artist had drawn. Right incredible and um that way it allowed him to produce how many books a month was he he was doing like 12 no i think more than that even yeah either way the upper hand he had with that is that him and jack jack kirby were like hand in hand right he already had a artist like ready to go at a moment's notice to do whatever he wanted to do and it takes a lot a good relationship between the artist exactly and and it also takes a little bit of any Not type being of relationship. too precious about it, you he, know, for sure. And I don't think he was because he he didn't have the time to be right. Well, and, and and that those are superhero comics, mm-hmm. so they're it's a different. little lighter. Yeah, 
and that's still very i think it's still done a lot today that marvel method and especially in superhero comics it is i think established writers can do it more often i think we would be able to do that if we had uh like a any type of artist on retainer like ready to rock right. and roll whenever we wanted we could do something like that and but you have to have like trust in your artist there's no way that i would write something like that and then find an artist right now that i don't know or have never worked with before and give them that no because it's i don't know well I'm that method is really more. a focus is on the artist for more, sure more than the for sure it's a hundred percent that's the argument with uh like Stanley and Jack Kirby is like who really created the comic. Right. You know, sure Stan wrote a page of what needed to happen and he might have thought about the character, but he didn't design the character or I mean th- that we know of. I well, don't know. Maybe I don't, we don't know it. how they worked together. We don't. Was... There there's a big argument there between the two of them I know for a while about who was the like the creator. They both were. I don't it doesn't matter. We still have the output from them and i think it's amazing i talked about stan um on my last snyder on podcast because um jason inman has a a podcast that you need to listen to everybody needs to listen to it's called geek geek history lesson um and they literally will hone in on just certain characters or certain books and whatnot and tell you everything you need to know about it it's like it's literally a, a history lesson on that character or that storyline, whatever. They've got like 286 episodes. It's pretty dang cool. Like I, Jason Inman, um, potential. Yes, potential. Going to be on the podcast. Potential. As an interview. He's agreed. Writer and creator. I just got to give him some dates and times and see if he can. Veteran. Uh, he is a veteran. He went to Iraq in 2005. Uh, so we may have been there around the same time. Because if he was there a year, I got there in 2006. He would have left in 2006, I think, unless he left in 2005. But I need to ask him. We could be, yeah. you know, war brothers. And he's trying to promote. He's got a, a charity that sends comics to the soldiers. Yes, like uh, uh, injured, deployed, at home, all service members he sends uh, comic books to for free as like a care package. But he gets them donated. People are donating their own self-published work. They're donating things that they picked up. If they had some in an attic that they don't want anymore, they're donating that stuff. It was all through the month of November. It ended. Uh, but he had said, like, even if we get it, if you send it on December 5th and and we get it, like, we're still going to use them for that. Their goal um, was to get, like, 15,000 copies of books, and they've surpassed that. They got well over that, so... It's pretty cool. Hopefully, if we get an interview with him, he can he can uh, elaborate on that stuff because it's a really incredible thing that he's doing. Um, but anyway, he had a he had a podcast, and they were um, after Stanley died. They they were talking about their top ten uh, Stanley characters, not Marvel characters, just just Stanley created characters, and take just take a wild guess at what. There was three people on this podcast. They had one guest. Uh, his name was Jonathan something. But he, he knew Stan a lot better than they did because neither one of um, Jason and then the other lady on the podcast, her name's Ashley, uh, they'd never met him. They had seen him before, like seen him in passing or at, at a, an event, but have never had any interaction with him. This guy had had multiple interactions with him, so knew him pretty well. 
Um, but all three of them, guess what their number one was? The number one Stanley comic book character? Yes, number one character that Stanley created That's... out of the, which he's credited with like a hundred or more. This is easy. It is. It's it, Spider Man. Yes. I didn't think. I, mean, how, I didn't think all three of them would have the same one though, because they were all very opinionated. I don't even know who would compare. Spider Man's a household name. Right. He's right up there with Batman and Superman. Exactly. That that's what they're and what they were talking about is that Spider Man was different because he was created to be the reader, basically, right. and he was like the guy on the street, kid at school, you know, the average person. Like nobody was going to be Doctor Strange. In real life, nobody was going to be even Iron Man. Like Iron Man was so, uh, like military oriented, had crap load of money, you know, could do whatever he wanted. Spider Man was not that guy. He was just this kid that happened to get bit and was still trying to go to high school and have a girlfriend, you know, and then just happened to be able to swing on synthetic web <laughs> fluid. But I mean, he's you know. So there's still see a comic if I can book. Get two and three. Um, no, well, they all had different. They all had different ones, but okay. Number two. Don't uh, tell me because I'm gonna. I'm gonna guess. Two of them had the same number two. I don't Incredible think. Incredible Hulk. He was three, for most okay. of them. Um, Which so their thing there with the Incredible Hulk, and I completely agree with this, is that everybody wants to be the Incredible Hulk as a kid. Like, your favorite character as a kid is the Incredible Hulk because he just smashes things and seems like the strongest person. Um, once you get older, you realize there's just there's not much else there besides that, and it's not that fun. I'm looking to see all that. I'm looking. Which we've also noticed in the movies because he hasn't had... He's good as not a much, side character. Yeah, there's not. he's not a main story. I'm going to say three's got to be... I'm looking at the Two. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters he's created yeah i'm gonna say the third has gotta be because the incredible hulk was two right no hulk was three three. two's gotta be iron man no when you're taking into account the movie universe it's gotta be iron man yeah if you're no they weren't though they weren't talking about movie universe at all they're just talking talking about comic books just straight comic books so what their favorites were xavier no he wasn't even on the list he wasn't even in the top 10 um let me see here Probably like, not Daredevil. Well, it, though that would be mine, but I'm guessing that's not who they said. Uh, they didn't. They they talked about Daredevil. He was in the top ten, but I don't remember what number. But number two was different. You, it'd be very hard to guess. I think. Was it an X Man? It was. So. Cyclops, Storm, Iceman. It's got to be Storm. Yes. Storm. Okay, I could see. They're that. all claim. Uh, I don't agree with it, but I don't know. Well, here's here's what they were talking about. Because you got Doctor Strange, uh, Doctor Strange was was in there, but here's what they were saying. So with Storm, she's basically the most powerful character, even past Jean Grey. Okay, is what they're saying. Because with Jean Grey, she like in the books, even though she's technically able to be the the most powerful character she really never used it and they were talking about how in some of the comic books she'd like lift things with her mind you know and then have and then set it down right away and be like oh it just took so much energy to do yeah. that she was whiny whiny yes Very that's whiny. what they were saying she was just so whiny and like babyish but we're Hi. not and 
How do you build a good character around that? I'm assuming they're not basing it on who's the most powerful. They're just no. saying who's the most. So the reason they put Storm up there is because apparently Stan has been like recorded saying that he based the character Storm around his wife. Oh, okay. And that – so the way he created her and the way he wrote like dialogue for her, they were saying within the first hundred issues of – of the x-men when he was writing it um you have to figure that some of that dialogue was like straight from his wife like right. things that she was saying to him and that he was just translating into the character and so they were like i wonder i wonder what the, what that was like then like when you you make a character from somebody that you're absolutely in love with that's like the best person in your life because stan was like openly like obsessed with his wife yeah like, yeah, I've heard that in interviews from him. Yeah, he's yeah. very so, old school. Uh, they also put her at number two because they said you have to figure that she was his favorite character Yeah, out of all of them, even though he's he's been said like uh, that Spider-Man was his favorite, but really if you're basing that off of your wife, then it's it's got to be, you know. I'm just looking at other ones he's created. Like he... They said that he cre- when he was on. Um, he he said in interviews before too that his favorite characters that he liked to write, uh, the names had alliteration in them. So like Peter Parker, um, Bruce Banner. Yeah, Bruce Banner. There was a something with a Matt W. Murdock. Yeah, Matt Murdock. Oh, there's a W one, and it's like obscure that nobody really would pay attention to. Uh, Wade. No, it was like. I can't remember now. You'll have to listen to his podcast. It was number, I think it was number 285 or 286, but. Oh my God, there's a second page. Oh, and the second page is bigger than the first page. Oh man, dude, it's it's over a hundred different characters. Hundreds. So I'm just like, just to point out biggies, we got um, Baron Zemo, Adam Warlock. We got. Ant-Man. Ant-Man, Thor. I mean, Thor has to be up there. On that list, I don't think he was in it actually. We got all the X Men, we got well, Silver Surfer, except we got for Spider-Man. he well, did not he not, didn't create yeah, Wolverine, but a lot of the originals. Um, we got Doctor, you know, yeah, he created he did create all of them except for Wolverine. Fantastic Four, Miracle Man, all of the Fantastic Four, which is incredible. He he has said before too that Fantastic Four was his favorite group. Captain Marvel, uh, there's just the Avengers. I mean, Black Panther, the Beatle, Blue Beetle. Um, yeah, this is huge. Think about this. We, Hawkeye. I've struggled in my life, and t- just to create one or two characters. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But we're just getting started here. We I can do. I agree. I can't. We can't compare ourselves to Stanley. <laughs> no. I understand it, but I'm just thinking. Well, and we're not really like, looking to do superhero comics. That's a little but, different too. But think of that: it's creating that many people, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he was 95 years old. He had plenty of time to do it, but he did all of that in like early in his career. Well, I think the cool thing is a lot of the creation process for him was like, um, you know, what Spider-Man. That's pretty obvious, you know. Like, oh, the guy who liked spiders. But that's yeah. not what the character. What was great was the writing mm-hmm. and the take on the character. Think about that though, in like Jack Kirby's mindset. So, his original—they've got his original drawings of Spider-Man up, and it's basically what he looks like yeah. now. 
Like, but any it isn't the single look I'm person. talking about. It's the no, I know. I'm just saying, like, you would immediately think, oh, a guy who likes spiders or a spider guy, right? Like, you draw a Batman kind of like a bat, and there, he didn't draw Spider Man like a spider. Yeah, he drew true. him like a guy. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I think to to have that in your head that he's just wearing a suit that looks like a web, basically, right? And he's got funky eyes. Other than that, you don't look like a spider. No, that's true. And I guarantee you, all Stan gave him was, hey, I got this spider guy. I, I think that's a lot of them were probably like, hey, I got an yeah. idea. Yeah. Uh, Iceman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Iron walk, Man. Walking into an office. Pick like, anything and put man Blue Beetle. <laughs> Do <Right>. it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Living Laser. Make it happen. Living Laser. That's one of them. There's a lot, man. Is that Cyclops' brother? I don't know. No, that's Havoc. Havoc, yeah. My dog is named after him. You're exactly right. <laughs> yep. It doesn't look like a superhero. Well, anyway, going back to what we were originally talking about, the second way what? of comic book script writing. Ah, <laughs> <Okay>. oh, yes. <laughs> Which is uh, what we're <laughs> doing. and Well, it's what we did with our first comic. It's what we're kind of doing with this one, except I think... Me and you talked earlier today, and I thought about maybe pulling back a little bit from the full script. Yes. But anyway, that way it's called full script, and it is basically way more on the shoulders of the writer. On the writer. And the writer kind of acts as the writer and director. Yeah, you're directing each panel. panel. Specifically. You're, gonna, you're so, telling, and you can even break it down as far as, so you can break it down as specific as <clears throat> giving the direction for each panel saying, I want the panel to look like this. I want it to be an over-the-shoulder shot or an overhead shot. And the characters are doing this specifically, and here's exactly what they say. And you break down beat for beat exactly what it's going to look like. And that's pretty much what we did in our first comic. And that's, that is, um, I mean, there's lots of guys. I mean, that's probably the way that most people do it nowadays. But it was big. It, they kind of call it the Alan Moore way. And yep. Alan Moore was probably Alan the Moore greatest went, comic book writer of all time. Alan Moore went like wild. With he, he would write pages and pages and pages of like prose. It's just for basically, one comic book page yeah. for one panel sometimes. So yeah, it'd be. He's got he, a book called Writing for Comics by Alan Moore, which I just ordered. So they were, they were talking about, about on that, that podcast too. Um, the one that I was talking about that Jason Inman was on about Stan Lee, but they talked about Alan Moore, and they said that uh, a lot of his artists would get. <clears throat> get a script from him and they just highlight parts out of the script that they were actually going to draw that, right. that like yeah. made any sense for the story. The rest of it was just, just is what it is. Yeah. Which so is funny. Alan Moore, um, he did a great run on swamp thing, saga of swamp thing. He, oh, he did the Watchmen. Yeah. He's done so much, but he's done like an incredible amount of stuff, but I don't, that's the thing. Is like you don't have to have a specific style. You can just write whatever you write want, however you want it. And that's basically we went to the writing panel, and, and basically every question it was just like, oh, it's kind of whatever you want to yeah, do. It's a generic answer, but I, I feel I, like that's kind of a cop out. I don't really know what else you can say. You know, uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. I mean, write what, what you're comfortable with, right? But. Most artists nowadays aren't going to take of pages and pages of script that aren't. Yeah, I mean, if you've looked at Alan Moore's scripts, 
I don't think anybody nowadays would accept that if it wasn't Alan Moore. Right. It's like a book. Yeah. So I would suggest not doing that. And that's not how we're doing it. I mean, just, I mean, I guess we can talk about that um, later because we're going to get into the comic because we got to update that whole situation there. But back to the wizard world, I don't know how we got on all of that tangent, but we were talking about those panels and um, I don't know what was some of the other cool stuff we did there. So the guy that did um, all the '80s cartoons, like yeah, uh, He-Man, and Tim Tom Cook, Tom Cook, yeah, I think he, he was there. He was in Chicago too. Yeah, he did a uh, really stuff cool for, guy. Uh, the Simpsons too. He drew the Simpsons a lot. And he was drawing right there. All these artists, it's really cool because they got they got some of them have their original artwork, which you can buy, which is pretty expensive. It is. And then they'll have prints of their original artwork or prints that they made, or the, then they'll have, um, like commission work or like commission right, you could pay them right there to draw something for you and they'll draw it that day like you know right. whatever you want basically which i would love to do it's pretty pricey depending on the artist but it is that's something that i would value to have rather than print i just can't get into the print thing it's, i don't know where you put them i don't it, have anywhere to put that and stuff. it's generic yeah I, you know i would much rather have a like a single thing that they created on the spot for you he did the super friends he did the flintstones he did the smurfs he did king of the hill he did scooby-doo he did roger rabbit he did the jetsons he did everything holy crap but anyway he doesn't even have half of that advertised no like smurfs i love the smurfs it's it's uh it's hard because some of these artists and some of this art is that's incredible But a lot of them are prints, but they're still incredible, and you just want to buy them, and and, and they give you pretty good deals on a lot of it. It'd be like, buy buy for 20 bucks, you get three or something. And then you just look at it, and you're like, I don't have anywhere I would ever put that. Right. You know, I'm not going to frame it and hang it on the wall. Yeah. Where? I've got very small places I could put stuff, but... But it'd have to be... Like, you've got those drawn... You've got, like, blueprints of Star Wars ships. I mean, that's only... You can only do that so much. If I'm going to put something up... You know, that's why I like the commission thing, or mm-hmm. preferably what I really like would be original comic book pages. That would be amazing. And that one guy Penciled. had them. Oh. Yeah. oh, my God, that guy was incredible. Yeah, what's his name? Um, it. I don't know. but I can't think of his name either, but that, that guy could draw, man. He could draw so many different things. But he was showing us the page uh, he drew for... Some magazine. Yeah. Like a comic book-related magazine. Well, but it had to deal with a comic book that they had out, and it was like every character that was involved with the book. Yes. And there was like Hundreds. 50 char- I think it was like 50 or 60 characters, something like that. Like, On a two-page spread. Well, maybe spread. it was 100, but either way, he wanted a, the the writer wanted it on a single cover. And he's like, okay, I'll start doing that. And he starts drawing it, and he's like, I can't. I can't do it on a single page, man. I'm going to need fit two them all pages. In. <laughs> He's like, okay, we'll do it, you know, front and back. We'll have a wraparound. Okay. So he starts wrapping around. He's like, I'm not, I don't, what did he say? He said he needed it by like Friday. And yeah. At this point, it, was it was like Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. He's like, I can't get it done by then. And anyway, that the story was he, he never could get it done. And the writer was like, well, I'll, I'll just get it from somewhere else. Yeah. So he drew this whole entire pay like two pages of art and it went nowhere he's like and that's as far as it got yeah like right and you there. can buy it <laughs> yeah and you could buy that piece and it was amazing he said that was hard and took a long time and then 
he, he's still trying to sell it. He's just got a, got a hold of it, got nothing out of that. That's the thing with those artists, man. Like, yeah, they he literally got no money out of all of that time spent on some pages that went nowhere. I right. mean, he might have got self satisfaction saying he completed that, but I don't think it was done. I don't know. I don't think he finished it. No, I think he just quit right where it was at. Who else was that? Uh, Kurt. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Kurt Lehner. And we talked to him for a long time in Chicago, too. He created um, the Gargoyles, the Disney Gargoyles yes. show from the 90s, which is awesome. It's awesome. He also was the animator and, and character designer for Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. He was there at Madison, too, but we talked to him at Chicago. Yeah. I didn't talk to him again at Madison. And, no, I mean... It's incredible to see these people, like, to put a face behind the people that have created and animated the stuff that you've watched as a child and that's why everybody you know if they kind of say like oh comic-con you go there and dress up like spider-man right blah, blah, blah. And there is a lot of that going on there is we took pictures of them but it's up yeah, on the we website <laughs> um but the artists and the creators and the writers that are there okay what was the guy we met this awesome comic book writer and he was wearing a hockey jersey what was yeah. his book? Because I've been trying to look up who he was because he was the nicest I bought guy. it. I bought that book, and I don't remember what it was called. Did now. you buy the Batman one? Cause he, I didn't. Okay. I didn't buy the Batman one. I should have. I don't know which one you bought that. I bought his, his... What was the uh, black and white one? It was Terra something. It wasn't Terra Nova. Boy, was it? No. That was a TV show on Fox that failed. It's also a comic. It is? Based on that TV show. I liked the TV show. I loved that TV show. I mean, I loved... I, I liked that TV show. I liked show. it, yeah. I wouldn't say loved. Anyway... Um, no, it was Terra something. It was all black and white, but the the book that I got was not black and white. It's colored. Um, it was a graphic novel or like was it collected the, like, trades. One, the one that had looked like your cover kind of looked like The Walking Dead um, compendium. Kind of, in a way. It was like, it was, the, so the top image, it was like, uh, let's say four, four or five people in a row, right? And then it was like a mirror image of them below it below it as if they were like casting a shadow but they were like dead they were yeah, that's like the exact cover as the walking dead compendium is it i don't know that's i'll have to i'll have to look at see what it was called anyway that guy was really great and he told us a story there's the walking dead about covers yes it's a it's that exact cover it, it's like <laughs> it's it's basically that exact cover I don't remember That's his name. Funny. The guy was cool, and he'd been in the industry a long time. I feel bad that we can't think of uh, who he was, but we—I yeah. got his card, and he was interested in coming on the podcast as well. He was. I gave. I came and kind of harassed him later, and said, "Hey, really great to meet you. Uh, you know, my friend and I have a podcast that we talk about comic books. We'd really love to have you on it." And. Anybody that's approached in that situation where someone's like handing you a card and saying we want you to do things, right? You automatically are like because oh, we had you... cards. Yeah, we did have cards made. Chris made them the night before. Yeah, that was also serendipitous because um, I'm using that word too much. That's fine. You can be the serendipity guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was also uh, crazy because not only was it like last second that we were able to go, that you were able to go, right? But after that, it like it was in the af- late afternoon. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we never did the card thing, and we talked about it in the last podcast how we were supposed to make cards. Yep. And like last minute, like nine o'clock at night, I'm like, you know what? I can- I'm going to figure out how to print something out just on printer paper or send mm-hmm. it to like Walmart for one hour printing or something. 
to give out. And I walked in my office, and in the cabinet I had uh, business card paper, like the, the perforated yeah. business card what, paper. What are the chances of that, having so, business cards? I'm like, whatever. And we passed them out. I mean, there And I put the website up that night. You did. Yeah. You did. You did a lot of work. Yeah, like two hours. It was a crazy oh, crap. monster energy drink fueled night. So back to this guy, though. I, he told us a story about um, break, like breaking into comics. And the first thing that he broke into comics with was a Batman comic, which is insane. Like yeah. everybody's like dying to try to write a Batman comic and get on, you know, get on the board with one of the biggest superheroes of all time. And he said it was early in the 2000s during the War Games run. So DC had a run of comic books that was called War Games. I Now, I was going to say it was similar to Civil War, but it wasn't. It was different. It still had villains in it. They weren't fighting each other. Anyway, apparently he was like a, 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 a journalist. Was he a journalist? Some sort of writer for a, a oh, newspaper? Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he was a writer for a newspaper, and he was interviewing a guy. That's what he said. And they apparently he was associated with DC, and they asked him to come in for an interview, and they said, basically just said, would you like to write for us? Sure. Would you like to do a Batman comic? Um, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. He said that was early 2000s, so, you know, you can figure 15, 16 years ago now. What was the Batman book? Because maybe we can find his name based off that. It was just put in like a DC War Games, Batman War Games. Yeah, maybe. it comes up. It's not the same book. I remember oh. the cover. Anyway, but anyway, he wrote that, and then he's writing his own books too. Um, and he was really, really great. I feel like that guy's kind of a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, like it, it felt like it to me that he had a lot of knowledge and a lot of different things, even though he really didn't have like, I don't know, the the biggest spread of books, but. I feel like he probably did all right off of the, the Batman book. Yeah. But yeah. then again, like but we that said. that other book that he had, the one that had that similar looking cover, I've seen that at all over at comic you? book stores. I think that's a pretty big book. Okay. I just bought it and it, lo- it looked really good. Yeah. I didn't look through it at all yet. Oh, yeah. We met that. Uh, and then we went around. We met that, <clears throat> that other creator that was out of Michigan. He had written a book, and he was with that publishing company that was out of oh, Michigan. Oh, yes. I bought one of them books, too. And right? I bought one as well. 165 Days. You That's bought the... Um, I only bought two things there, and those were the two things. Yeah. The book I bought was some, like, uh, I don't know, it was like a detective crime book. Yeah. He had two books. I bought the 165. I thought you bought both of them. No, I didn't. Oh. Well, either way... That was, was cool, was though, because he was part of a publishing company that kind of similar to what I would like to do someday with Snarf Productions, where there's a bunch of different writers and creators. Yes. They go there. I don't know who pays for the publishing. I'm guessing the... I, I think what you get from the production company is the exposure. Right. But you have to... Um, you know, you have to um, apply or uh, submit to them. Yes, you submit like a script to them or a pitch yeah. to them, and then they either... Except you or they don't. So on our website, pretty soon, I'll, I'll, we'll have submissions. We're gonna sure. have, we're gonna start having open submissions. Sure, absolutely. I don't I know what services really we can provide for anybody, but we'll figure it out together. Yeah, <laughs> even ghostwriters will accept ghostwriters as well. 
Oh man, remember that show, Ghost Rider? I do. I loved that show. I loved Ghost Rider too. It was on Saturday morning. It came on after uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. It sure did. Either before or after, yeah. one of the two. Because I watched that a lot too. Yeah, that was a good show. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> how do you get on that topic? I don't know. But That's crazy. We ran, you know, we were planning on staying at the show till seven till it closed at seven at night. But it's also a three hour drive home. So, but we had actually. Uh, we got out there pretty early because it was it was small and we'd already gone through Artist Alley three or four times or more. Yeah, we went through there quite. I mean, quite it was a like bit. three aisles is all. So, mm-hmm. so we kind of did everything we needed to do, but you know, it just really fired up. That's why I really wanted us to go because it fires up the inspiration. It does the it's, inspiration after you leave one of those things is like we could have done this years ago. Like, why didn't we do this in 2015 when we started? It was right before I started my job where I work at now. Um, I, I've told it before, but I was sitting in a tractor, texted Chris, like, we should write a comic book. He replies, absolutely, let's get after it. Why? I, I mean, we could have we could have done it. And why didn't we there. do it before that even? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It but just makes you go there and you realize, oh, this is something that I can do. Yeah. And this is. is something that normal people do. We the, talked about that on the way home is because... A lot of, like, for us, being into comic books and, and writers and artists and creative people, it doesn't matter how big or small they are. We put them up on a pedestal. Yes, we put them all up on a pedestal because you think they know something that you don't. Right. And then you just go there and you realize and you talk to them and you realize they're just normal normal but, people. Yeah. Just, and not even, I'm not like saying they're not successful. But like, completely just, normal people. It's so weird to be around people that have done something that you want to do. And yet there's, I mean, it's just like, yep. And I just had to sit down and write it. Just, like they, like it. that Trevor Mueller was saying that he wrote everything on the train while he commuted into the city. Right. Cause he lived in the suburbs. So he'd write most of his stuff on an iPad on the way to work. Right. I could never do that. First of all, write a train every day to work. No, thanks. And write on an iPad. Yeah, it's hard mm. for me to write in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Oh, see, now I am. That's what I want to do, is write in the morning. The issue is, is I, children, you know, yeah. I don't want to have to wake up at 4, 4 o'clock in yeah. the morning to try to write. That's that's the biggest <coughs> thing. But um, I, it's it's just, it's very doable for everyone. If If anybody is out there and thinks that they can't do something like this, you can. I mean, we're, we can not, not even comic book, screenplay. Anything. Novel. Yeah. I mean, yes. I would say start out with like a short story. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, and that's the what common I, thread that we've even Even in comic book writing, they're saying like try to keep it to single issue, like one shot stories. Because it'd be easier to, you know, for somebody to pick that up or to publish on your own for people to enjoy. Um Doing a big, long, you know, continuing story is hard. Uh, it's hard to get out there, and that was the that's the issue with our very first comic that we actually did write, is that the story is large. Yeah, uh, there's a lot there. Well, we didn't at that point when we wrote that we thought we're going to write a comic, we're going to get it illustrated. Or we're going to put together a pitch packet. We weren't going to get it illustrated. Right. We're going to put a pitch packet together and then get it, and we're going to submit to mm-hmm. Image and Image Dark Horse. And, Dark Horse. and then we just realized, I'm like, I don't... And, and here we're doing it again, which we're probably wrong, <laughs> but 
it just seemed like that's not a, a viable thing that's going to happen with no credits so. under your belt. I don't think so. So let's self-publish a few, and I, then maybe you could get their attention. Honestly, I think that's that's the best idea that you can do is you have something under your belt that is like a tangible book that you say, I did this. Yeah, and you can I say, can do it again. Yeah, and it's it's just like it's adding to your credits. Well, you know? and that's, that's all it's doing. The other thing is, you know, and we haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but for funding, you know, some of this, we're going to try and do Kickstarter campaigns. I think that's the only way to go. And we're going to try and do a Patreon. And that's part of this this mm-hmm. reason for this podcast. Well, it's not the reason for this podcast. The reason for the podcast is we thought it would be cool to do a play-by-play for anybody that wants to follow along our journey of what it takes to create a comic book. But it's also publicity. It's almost accountability for us. It is accountability. You know, that's the main thing. It's accountability for us to say we can't come and do this podcast if we don't have anything. We've got to dedicate time. Yeah. The the whole reason we're here is to tell you guys that we've completed something and that we're like, this is what we're doing next. This is what we've completed. Uh, so that's why in a lot of ways I think maybe some people, I don't nobody said this, but might think it's silly like oh you got you haven't done anything but now you got a podcast you got a website you got social media you're posting stuff on social media and you go sure. yeah but we're trying to build something you're and building a brand. someday we're going to need to sell we're going to need to kickstarter some funds yep and it's a lot easier to do that if we have some kind of a base to work from and that's that's what we're doing here yeah this is the base this is where and honestly to be honest, like once we start talking about the comic book and what we've done, I've never heard a podcast or anything. I would love to listen to something like that. I mean, the closest we've gotten is the writers panel and, right. and the comics panel, but and they that were, has been hugely helpful for both of us. It was, uh, and they and it's kind of fallen off a little it, bit. It these did days, fall but. off, but but still, even so, they they aren't sitting there. I think that's what, out a comic book. They're I, not making one. They're just talking about how it's been done. Well, and interviewing creators. Yeah. I think that's actually what kicked our asses in gear the first time. It is. Because that's when we first realized, and like, oh, these people are just people, and they're doing this. And mm-hmm. they well, all got lives, and so they all got families, and they all got shit going on. That's what kept blowing me up on Jason Inman, is that he was like just a regular guy from Kansas that lived on a farm. As soon as I heard small town and farm... I was like, holy crap. Was in Iraq. It It was a veteran. Same as you. It's me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it it like rang such a bell. I was like, holy crap, this guy did it. And he's, you know, he was the host of DCL Access for a while. I don't know. That's kind of a big deal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, again, we've already said it, but it's just, it's such in. I guess I shouldn't say easy. It's not necessarily an easy mark to hit, but it's absolutely like everyone's absolutely capable of it as long as you put the work in it. Because there are a lot of comic books that I've read that have just a terrible story. Yeah. And there if you look it up, go on Comicsology and just start looking at books or like GrahamCrackerComics.com. They've got books up on there too. Um you can just look through these books. There are some ridiculous books out there. That I've seen, that I'm like, that's that that shouldn't interest anybody, right? And yet they're selling books and they're up online and people and they're but they're creating something. You know, I'm not gonna crap on it and say that they shouldn't do it, right? I'm just saying like they've done it better than me already, and I think it's ridiculous that they've got that published, but they did, right? 
Yeah, I think um, I've also had some people be like, well, why why comic books? Other than the fact that, obviously, by listening to this, you know that we we love comic books. Right. But, you know, why not write a book, a novel, or something like that, which we both would love to do. Yeah, I started. I started. I've started a couple times over my life. Yeah, you have a lot. Um, but and it's the art. It is. I think for me, it's the art. It's it's the ability to write a story and see and it. See it drawn yes. visually it would be like saying if you're if you're going to write a novel and then see it being made into a movie why do you how think, incredible would that be but why do you think these why do you think these stories are so easily made into movies like it's it's a storyboard written out for it's, you it's whenever they make a movie they, storyboard they make a storyboard yes. and that's a comic book exactly so why do you think it's so easily trans you know uh like transmitted over to the big screen it, you can all you do is take the content that you've already got and put it on right. with people. It's super easy to do. And But, that I mean, for me, the reason for comic books isn't because it's easier than writing a novel. It's because I, I want to write I, something and see it visually represented. Yeah. I like the styles. of the, I like art. Mm-hmm. I like the ability to have a different artist put a different take on things. I like for Jetpack Samurai, we talked about an art style that approached something like watercolor. That seems really cool. Or like a Japanese um, Western style, but with some watercolor, maybe on the covers at least. If you guys haven't seen a watercolor comic, I know it sounds um, like, I don't know, not talented to, to do watercolors. But man, some of that stuff is really, really great. It's it's just like, it, this is why... and. It's so different than what you normally see. It's kind of a multifaceted thing because neither of us are artists. No. But I think we both desperately want to be. Oh, gosh, I wish I could be. It'd but, make this but that's a lot, not... It'd make this process a heck of a but lot But that's easier. not why we're doing this. It's not like, oh, since we can't be artists, we're just write a comic book. No. So we no. want... So it's the art. We wish we could do that. But this, it's also the creating the characters and creating a story. Mm-hmm. And it is a rather quick way to take a story and see it fleshed out yeah because you're well like we were talking about before you're directing each panel right so it's not like novel writing you're not uh it's it's not like a screenplay as, it's not as detailed it is like a screenplay but i don't think it's even you don't have to say like uh well i guess you could say like fade in exterior yeah you know interior you do have to do that um, for your artist rather than for the director. Um, I also we like, are the director basically yeah. of the story and then the artist just makes it. It depends. That's kind alive. of a, as I started writing, that was kind of a, a point of contention in my own mind because I thought, do I need to be directing the camera as much as I was? Cause I started and I'm like over the shoulder shot. This is a wide shot. This is blah, blah, blah. And I was doing that a lot. And I texted you, I said, yeah. you know, this is, it, it takes a lot more work yeah, to, to do that. And I'm like, do I really need to, to do that? Because if we could just get an artist that can interpret it however they want to interpret it, mm-hmm. you it get, could be better. We can give them the basis. That's why it'll, it'll be a good mix. Of... I don't think we're going to be, neither one of us, we're way too OCD yeah. to allow. In time, in time though. Maybe. I think we could. 
we could be that way. Depends who we're working with, I think. I think, but we're working on the assumption right now that we're going to write it. We're going to hire somebody to pay in a pay per page commission based thing. Right. And I would say at that it's juncture, a, that that artist is going to be like, well, then tell me what to draw. You know, because yeah, because you're paying him for it. And what's it's their not stake really, in it? They're not. It's not collaboration. It's more of just a job, right? But it might not end up. You know, hey, we don't know that yet. That, um, exactly. Pick us up about twenty five podcasts down the road. Yes. When I we're agree. trying to make a decision on an artist to hire. Yeah, because we're gonna. You got to have the whole book done, and then. Well, you don't. No, you don't. And have you shouldn't to. I'm because we, it takes so long to draw. You really should give it to him page by page. We're not on a time. We're not, real time frame. Yeah, we can't. Besides, August. we need to bank up twenty four pages. Yes. We if have it takes them that. a couple weeks per page for the art. I guess. I would be okay with half of it, like, solid, set in stone. I wouldn't because I'd be so afraid that we wouldn't finish it. You think so? No, but, I mean, I know that we will. That's the thing. Because at that I mean, point, I know we'll have to. Us. Well, at that point, we'll have to. Yeah. But, well, that's true when you pay for somebody and then... I'm not going to pay for half a book to get drawn and then give up. Right, and then give up on it. I'm not going to give up on No, it. I'm... What are you saying here, Chris? I don't know. I'm sounding really negative telling, right yeah. now. <laughs> Why do you got to be so negative on this crap? Oh, gosh. So, anyway, that's where we're... Oh, that's what we did this last weekend. That's where we're at now. Like I said, the main thing was the huge inspiration bump because directly after we got back from there, that's when everything started going... Well, I mean, I had had the... that Launching that website for me was a kind of a big thing mm-hmm. just because it made it real. Very. And then going to that con <laughs> with the website up yeah. and cards and able to say, we're doing this. And and we are. Kevin That's... Smith's got a great story. Um, and I, I don't He's know if I've said this before. Yeah, he does. But <clears throat> he talks about when he first started directing movies or wanting to direct and write movies. And he was younger and um, he, he was just kind of wasting time or not mm-hmm. doing much. And he, he had talked to his sister, and his sister said, well, what, what do you want to do with your life? And he said, um, you know, I want to be a, I don't remember if it was writer or director, one of those. I want to be a writer, I think. Yeah. And she said, okay, you're a writer. Yes, that, I remember this. He and was he goes, just talking about what, it, actually, what? with Scott Mosier. He goes, I'm not a writer. I haven't written anything. It doesn't matter. You're a writer. And he goes, you know, if you are whatever you are. You say you mm-hmm. are, and if you you're if you're saying you're a writer, you're you're a writer. Yeah. And he goes, well, yeah, but I mean, but it wasn't about the point of, but he hadn't actually written anything. It put him in the mindset of, of accomplishing that. and being that, mm-hmm. and that's when it all took off for him. You know, and with help from a lot of people along the way, I'm sure. But um, you know, I always love that story, and if you ever want inspiration. Boy, yeah, listen you don't to need that to look guy. further than Kevin Smith. He will, I mean, it was the same thing with podcasts. He had, you know, he was he's, the one, and I've always wanted to do it. very early. He, he started podcasting very early. But he ends, know. like, anytime he gets on one of those inspirational yes. kicks, he always, like, go out, create something, do yeah. it, make a podcast. Doesn't matter. Just go do it, do it, do it. Yeah. And it, uh, it's awesome to hear him say that because he did he did that. That's what he did as, as a t- 22 or 21 year old kid he didn't even finish uh film school right and he just decided you know what like what i what my friends like and what i like and what we do it's not represented yeah has never been represented and i want to represent that and he 
He did. Yeah. He took it to a film film festival. What is it? Uh, Sundance, I think. Sundance, yep. And he was just telling a story about how they went to Sundance and put the movie up. And then uh, him and Scott went back to the hotel and they're like, we're not going to win anything. Like, we're not getting recognized for any of this stuff. And they went back to the hotel and a lady that was representing Sundance told them, well, you're coming to the award ceremony, right? They're like, no, we were just going to go hang out in the hotel or, you know, maybe go out to eat. She's like, no, I think you should really come to the, the award ceremony. And they both were like, no, I just, we don't really want to. That's not us. She said, I'm pretty sure you, you need to come to that. Like, do you guys have suits? He said, no, we have nothing. We have nothing but what we're wearing. And apparently they went out and bought these like cheap suits and went to the award ceremony and then won. And they had no idea that they were winning anything. They won like best indie film or something like that. And uh, I think they were like the official selection for something. Were they? Well, they had no idea any of it, that any of it was coming and they didn't even want to go to the award ceremony. And finally a lady talked them into it and they, the way that started was Scott was saying that that moment will never surpass him because right. he, he just directed the Grinch and Kevin was like hammering him about how, you know, what's it feel like to have a number one movie in the box office and make that makes all this money. And he said, honestly, he said, it, it's great. I love it. He said, but nothing will surpass that moment at Sundance when the very first thing ever created from us was recognized and like launched our lives. He said, I just don't see anything surpassing that one moment, which I could understand. And yep. that one moment, literally right now for us, is just having a tangible book in our hands that has been done and created by us, whether it goes anywhere or not. I can't even explain it, <clears throat> to our listeners what that yeah, would mean. Yeah, it's unreal. To hold to us, and I understand that a lot of people don't care at all about anything like that. Exactly. But to us, to hold just giving what we love about comic books mm-hmm. and everything about it to just hold one that we had made with our names on the cover right. that says we Snyder could. Harford. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. All. That's it. That is it. That's the only, that's thing our goal. That's our only goal. The podcast is like a separate goal. Cause that's also something we've both been wanting to do forever. For sure. We've... And by the way, I would like to point out this episode, we might as well call it episode one. You think? No. Not well, at not all. Going to because one and two are there. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just saying. I hope we pick up a lot of new listeners, and I feel like after all of that this weekend mm-hmm. and going forward, I feel like we're going to be a lot better at podcasting for sure. Because I think just listening to the first two episodes, we knew a lot of what we did wrong. Yes, we know how to fix it. We're improving this audio thing every time. Every time, um, kind of. Well. <laughs> We're getting Except better for equipment because we had. Some it's not about the equipment, though. I, th- I just think there was a lot of dead air last time. There was a lot of like the first episode I loved. The second episode, the middle part, it just has me. I found Aggravated. myself. This is gonna sound bad, but I found myself trying to pitch our podcast to people that we know, and then being like, "Oh, I know it's it's slow in the middle, or I know it's boring." But right. I'm just like, I don't. I didn't it's have like confidence in it. it. I don't know how many people need to tell me. I mean, I think people just need to tell me that they liked it and then maybe I wouldn't feel as self-conscious about it. We got that today. We did. Yeah. I got a bunch of that today. But and I feel like it, th- this podcast, we've been a lot better. It's been more active. We're having sure. interesting discussions, I feel like. so. I agree. To I'm me, an interesting I feel person, like, Chris. I, I feel like the this. first two, we didn't have our legs under us. 
and after everything that went on this weekend and then this week, we have our legs under us now, mm-hmm. and we're going to be able to we, really Yeah, power. we kind of came over a hill a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it was we, a metaphorical hill, or not a metaphorical, well, it was obviously a metaphorical yeah, yeah. We didn't actually come over a hill. <laughs> no, I didn't climb a hill on the way here by any means. It was a hill of our own self-consciousness Doing, yeah. and doubt. Because we had that discussion on the way back from the Comic-Con, like, well... I think it's okay to just to put it out there, you know, like, sure. We just put it out there and see what people think, but I don't know. It's you worry about negativity because everything's so negative around this type of medium. I don't think either of us have ever been self-conscious type people. I'm really not, but (laughs) I don't think anyway. It's so weird. I think, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but like this area, I'm getting really self-conscious about losing hair. Well, I, I am getting a little bald. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, I've never had the issue before. Now I'm getting a bald spot. It's just weird. It's I don't think people. Okay, I think people around here would understand, but from other areas, they might not understand. Like it's it's kind the of dynamic. a weird community dynamic situation, and you know you're putting yourself out there. So we are in a in a different capacity than other right. people are. You know, if we had a farming podcast, it would be completely. Which I would love normal. to have. I wouldn't necessarily be good that, at that. That's like every day of my life talking to everybody I talk to would be a farming podcast. Yes, it would. Like ninety percent. You should just secretly record it. <laughs> yeah, I should just start recording everybody. <laughs> that, I would really love great. to do a podcast where you go interview older farmers, mm-hmm. you know, that have been doing it for thirty, forty years, and just let them talk about or sixty all the bullshit and what's true and what isn't true and what their experiences are. Yeah. Cause I feel like right now more than ever, I think that's needed. Younger people don't like, it's not that they don't have respect for older people, but they like, they think that they're like, Oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. And, and you never take the time. Okay. This is another thing I ran into. I was talking to one of my friend's dads. The, uh, I mean, this is months and months ago. And, uh, you know, I, I I looked at him and I go, and I might have had a few drinks at the time. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, it's weird because you grow up with somebody and you're somebody else's dad. And you just think of them as a dad. Yeah. And you don't think about, like, how did you start? Like, what was your life like? Where yeah. did you come from? You really don't. I, You know, and, and you're just like, what? Nobody ever asks you those questions. And he's like, no, nobody does. I'm like, that's kind of weird yeah it is you know what i'm like so are we going to get to that point where you're just kind of we're just brushed there? off like like oh that's your dad oh, yeah but it was. that's what was interesting to me and then we launched into a really long conversation about his whole past and growing up and how he got to where he was and i'm like this is just like i don't look at him as somebody's dad anymore right you know it, it was you, interesting to me i don't know how we got off in that tangent but it doesn't matter it's i think it's that is really neat. That's really cool because I don't like all of my friends. I now that I think of it, like I've never really asked that question about their parents or their dad. Or it just goes back to Kevin it. Smith. It just goes around because he always says he goes everybody has a story. Yeah, and hundred percent. There's a story to 100%. everything. Like hundred percent, bro. <laughs> no, everybody's got a story, and 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 we haven't done that on this podcast, but we have stories. Sure. 
we and we did go into in depth in our first lost we, episode. Which we did. If you it's subscribe not, to our Patreon, we'll put it up there because be I have the file. We don't have a Patreon yet. But. I need to figure out how to get it off of the disc. Um, like an S, it's an SD card. Yeah, I got it on. Uh, it yeah. I I haven't even messed with it. I've got it because. I would like but I'm going to gonna say, pull that off of there, and we're it's we got some pretty interesting uh, backstories. Yeah, I think so. Origin stories. They're very different from one one another, but in a lot of ways similar. You know, younger days are very similar, and then we take two different paths and still meet up in the middle at the same place. It's really and, neat, and kind of meet up in an interesting. It's weird when you know somebody your whole life, but you mm-hmm. don't really know them. Yeah. And it's not like just know of them. Like, you know of them, but you also kind of know them. But that, then you find out, like, later in life. Yeah. That you... And then you end up being really good. It's just weird that you... And it's, most people, if they meet a new... You know, if they're... It's a new person, you know. It's you start the age scratch, difference, though. It is. School. Yeah, yeah. Like, everything's so segregated in schools. Even today, I'm sure. Like, in uh, the South. The Jim Crow days? No, no. <laughs> Is that the kind of Not segregation you're talking segregation. about? <laughs> no, going to stay away from that one. Uh, just age-wise, you know, like yeah. seniors and freshmen aren't usually best of friends. Yeah. Now, I, obviously that can happen, but generally it just doesn't. You, you stay with your own group of people that are roughly the same age, maybe a year older or a year younger, but... Other than that, you don't really branch out that far. But as soon as you graduate high school and are in college, and even, definitely after college, age is nothing. Like it doesn't. Right. It's not a thing. Because I got to be really good friends with a guy I used to work with. Well, I replaced him. So when I got hired with the Corps of Engineers, I was hired to replace a guy who was retiring. And I worked with him for six months before he retired as like a training <clears throat> thing. I got to be really, really good friends with that guy. At the time, he was 60 years old. You know, how does a 22-year-old kid and a 60-year-old man become really good friends? You know, it's, I thought at the time when I realized it, I was like, this is weird. Like, I've got a 60-year-old buddy, you know, (laughs) that we'd go out to dinner and we'd talk about things like, Did you go fly fishing? No, he's not a fisherman. Put on those chest waders? He's not a fly, he's not a fisherman whatsoever. Yeah, not at all. He just likes to go out to eat, which I mean, I, get, I like to eat. Yeah, he likes chicken wings. Oh, mm-hmm. I love chicken wings. Yeah, so did it's I. Like, we went to Jerry's a few times. Said wings. They got so, good wings. Yeah, so we're at that point where I think we can start talking about comics. Um, our our comic. comic, not we've already talked about comics. Our comic, Jetpack Samurai. Um, once again, Chris has outperformed, uh, <laughs> it most really, of what it, I do. it really took a, a, this, the inspiration bump that I was talking about, you blew up, has man. hit you me blew up. full force. Yeah. So the day after the, the convention, mm-hmm. I, um, I outlined the entire issue page by page one through 24 rough outline, rough outline. Yeah. A, like a paragraph outline but of each page. You can't really. I've found at least we can't really seem to do anything without that. It's just. I agree. Until it, you have that, it, 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 there's a mental block. It's like too much. 
it, it's so much to try it's to so process. so overwhelming when you're... The hardest part of writing is taking the idea and turning it into story. And staring at a blank page and figuring For sure. it out. And so and that's a Trevor good point. Said that. Yeah, goes, that's a good point that Trevor brought up. Trevor Mueller, the guy who wrote Albert the Alien. We met him in Chicago, met him again in Madison. And in Madison, he had a panel that he was talking about writing comics. And he said he never starts with a blank page because he'll have just one sentence of what he's going to do on a, in that whole page, just one sentence, and he'll write that for every page or multiple pages, and then he goes back and fills out a whole outline of what the every panel is going to be, and then he goes back and puts it into script form. Yeah. And it's a good idea. I mean, and we... We were already We did doing something that. similar to that. Yeah. We basically just did the outline. We didn't do like one line things. We just did an outline for each page and then translated that to the script. And it's it's so hard and he said this too, he goes, to just open up a screen and it says page one, panel one. Yeah. And just start writing if you don't have any framework. No, and you're not there'll be so much editing involved yeah. after that. So this rough outline is it's pretty it's the frame it's not only the framework, but it's pretty much beat beat it for is. beat. It's beat for beat. What's going to happen on every page? Yes, and, and then it, it also I highlighted this is a page turn. There's got to be an event here, yes. and I tried to pace it at the same time that I did the outline. I tried to pace the story. So real quick, you wrote this is my question for you that I didn't text you earlier. Um, so you, Chris has now went and wrote uh, page one through three, or four. Yeah. Then I went in the next day and wrote page one. Okay. And then um, wasn't super happy with it, and then went back the next day and ended up writing uh, one through three. I think and I felt a lot more confident. Um, yeah, no, it's, I think it's really great. I, I read it. I like everything you've done. I think it's really good on how you've revealed certain parts of it, like when you reveal the jetpack. I think that's really cool. Uh, it, oh, it, really? Honestly, oh, I, I just kind of thought of that as a throwaway. It, I actually was, a little bit it is, but you don't like you don't expect it while you're while you're reading that. Like I did, I literally, I'm the guy that's helping you create. Like we're creating this together, and I completely forgot about a jetpack, or didn't even think about a jetpack until all of a sudden he reveals a jetpack, well, and I was like, oh crap! Really does look at job. that? He's because, got a jetpack. <laughs> well, I can break that. Well, you can finish your thought. Well, so what I was gonna say is, so you wrote all this stuff in it. Um, on page three, they're fighting, and he kicks him, right? So should that point, like when he actually lands a kick, should you see him start a kick and then don't know what's going to happen there? Then turn the page and see him land it, or do you want him to land it and then wonder what happens after? So I wanted him to, to land that um, kick because it was on page three, yeah, which is a turn page. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I kind of thought that, well, let me, let me break down where we're at. I, 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 from the outline, I started writing and I kind of got, it got away from me a little and I ended up, first of all, I wrote page one and then I went back afterwards and realized that from the outline I had included on page one, everything that was supposed to be on page one and two. Okay. And I go... And and I and I had deliberately been shortening dialogue and trying to 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 Which slam things together, 
and I, I was so I was shortening everything, thinking this is gonna this isn't gonna work. Well, anyway, and then I, after I did all that, I realized, oh shit, I just covered two pages in one because I shortened everything too much. Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of um, changed the outline pretty significantly. Okay, um, not hugely significantly, but a little bit. I tweaked things a little. So I'm trying to look back through here. I kind of added a little bit of more um, visual stuff to kind of space things out a little. Yep. My thought process on that was... And I I do think that the, those first few pages need to be um, more uh, like movement and art. Well, for example, the than, first page is four pages. The first page of the comic is four written pages. Four written pages, yeah. So that's, I mean, obviously way too much, but also the first page, I got to talk about what the characters kind of look like and I got to do I some stuff. Yeah. I don't think it's too much. I mean, what we did with, well, it's not formatted right too. I could probably cut a page out yeah. of that just in formatting. With, alone. with fourth Reich, I think every two pages was one page. Yeah. It was almost exactly. Right. Yeah. Every but time. again, in fourth Reich, I look back the first several pages were way more. It's just because you got, you got some exposition you got to get out. You do. You have to explain. Which, what did setting. you think about that? Because I threw in, we hadn't talked about it, and it wasn't it wasn't outlined. But I threw in some a bunch of captions on that first page because, frankly, the reason I did it was because some of the prose that was written mm-hmm. I liked, and I wanted to find a way to use it. Yeah. So, because we had written about what ten, five or ten pages of prose. Yeah. There's. There is one narration. I think it's the second one. That's oh, it's about the uh, samurai or not the samurai, the uh, the katana. Like when he brings out his sword. Yeah, let me see. It's it was really uh, long. it's long. It, yeah, I'm not going to read it because that right. gives away too much. But I think but... there's there's a little a little bit of I what I would call fluff. You know what I mean? Like uh, that the ec- whole the captions are all kind of fluff to be honest, but. I still think they have a place. I think they're good. I like them. That that one was just long. Yeah. Well, and actually, it's because you'd never read my first draft. Um, the first draft, I completely cut out any uniqueness in the dialogue, which had been written. Yeah. And then I cut it out. You got to have some. And then I, I just kept thinking. I went to bed that night, and I'm sitting there laying there. I'm like, it's so generic. I don't know. Well, okay, and I talked to you. These were my main two problems. Yeah. A, I couldn't, there was a lot of dialogue to process. So I couldn't figure out how to just not make them talking heads. Yes. Talking at each other. Because that's not visually interesting. No, it's not fun to to look at that. And then I had changed all the dialogue to shorten it up. And when I did that, I just made it like super generic. Like just how anybody would talk. Mm-hmm. And so I was laying in bed that night and I'm like, how, how do I avoid this problem? And I found this great blog article, or Reddit article, actually, where they were talking about it. And it helped me figure out that you need to just, the characters need to be doing something. Essentially, that's all it is. They just need to be doing something. A character, instead well, of having one character talk, <clears throat> another, another, and just being their heads or their bodies just talking, just standing there, have one guy pouring tea. Yeah. the Or have a, or focus the camera on a fly. <laughs> buzzing you know a good explanation of that that i heard in a podcast i can't remember what one i listened to a lot of them uh, they said you have to pick the like the best segments of your prose to be the panel 
and that that panel has to encompass you know more than one thing yeah so it's like taking a, a still frame obviously it's like a still frame of a movie but it's going to take you know that one scene of the movie and encapsulate all of it in one picture yeah you know and then so it's got to be the most like dynamic i would call it it's got to be the most dynamic portion of that scene that's drawn that you'll understand what's going on with the dialogue or or caption or narration or whatever um that's hard to do though yeah that's really hard to figure out what that one picture needs to be yeah to tell you what what has happened what's going to happen or what has happened what is happening and what's going to happen yeah it's it's hard to well, what, it's hard to one thing they had said other than the focusing the camera on something else was make the dialogue unique mm-hmm. in whatever way you can so i went back in and, and redid making the dialogue more unique i i i love the dialogue that's in there right now i think it's it's good for what the scenes are yeah you know there's there doesn't need to be a ton of it because they're fighting no but, and then that was a third thing that they were saying is to break up some of that is that's why they have that's why comic books have thoughts right because the inner monologue and you breaks put, that up and you put that in there when he's flying through all of the bamboo yes the inner the inner dialogue and that's why i did that and it's great so and it does break it up. It's it works to it your really initial plays. page um, three and that the kick and everything. I just wanted to end it end on that page turn with some a cool visual image that I thought changed the direction of where things have been going. And in my mind, that was the first time that he had gone from being defensive to being offensive. How far? Do we go into that fight before we start? I know you have it as five pages, but is that too long? Yes, but I think that's, for now, the way I want to do it because I need to end on a page turn. That's got to be page five. Because that is a big page turn and a splash page. Five is a... Well, your odd number pages will be your page turns. Five is the splash page? Yeah, that's going to be that scene we talked about with the gun in the face. Yes. Um, that's like a big moment in the comic because that's where we switch timelines. Okay, that okay. makes that so it makes has a lot to happen on either three or five. Right, and that's why that's what I was wondering. Like, if we were going too far into the fight, and I, I forgot about the gun in the face thing, it makes more way more sense to do it at that one than it would at the, that kick. I think at three page three pages, even if I could somehow condense it so it ended in that same scene. It would be rushing it too much. It, yeah. Yeah. I agree. If anything, just make the book longer. I don't think we'll have to. I don't think we'll have to either. The only thing, as I told you, is that scene in the mine. I, right now, it's at two pages. But until we start writing more, we don't you, have to don't follow know. the outline exactly. No, no, no. That's not it's the purpose of the outline. You know it's going to change. The purpose of the outline is to make to put it in little digestible pieces mm-hmm. that we're able to bite off and chew and like I said, you know it's going to change from there. I mean, yeah, 100%. It's 100%. Gosh, I hate that. We need to stop that. Uh, you started it. I did. I did start it. Um, I, I like that idea, though. Like, we're going to have to, um, we're going to have to figure out when, when do you have them going to the mine? Um, I'll, sh- I'll tell you exactly. That's, so right now I got that 
major page turn on five. Um, six is where I got him kind of coming into town. Seven, meeting at the bar. I was just asking Jerry how long, how far we, into this we are. We're going to try and shorten these up a little bit. But yeah, two and a half hours is long. Yeah. I so we're that. at an hour 40. We're going to need 20 minutes. <laughs> we're going to be yeah. at two and a half hours again, probably. From, <laughs> from the previous uh, We'll try eight to. Eight is that fight in town. I think it's... Um, uh, ten. No, no, no. So... It's a, it's page twelve and thirteen, is the mine. Yeah, go but into. I the don't mine. think that so really needs to that, be long. I don't think so either because he's just getting a, the gist of how they have terrible working conditions. Basically, the people that are over them are causing an issue, and they well that happens before that. But That's, he goes to the mine to figure out like what's going on here, who's in charge. Essentially, what I have in right now outlined, and of course we can change it, is that. All of that exposition happens previous to that. Yeah. And it, that morning, he wakes up and he's like, I'm going to go. Oh, that's right. He's going to the mine to find yeah. like who, like, I'm going to go there and change some things. Like, I want your boss here. And it, you know, yeah, basically. He's the, just going to go there and it's not even a conversation. He's basically just going to go there and kick the shit out of the guy and be like, yeah. get out of here. You're done. The one guy, I forgot about him. The guy that's not even in charge of anything, really, besides the right. workers at the mine. Okay. So, and then I got him kind of going back. He's going to kind of say what happens. She's going to get kind of mad about it. And um, that's when the whole fight in the bar that ends in a bloody massacre happens right there. I like it. So that... So we got to get that on paper. That all lasts in, in about... Um, Page 17 is kind of a splash page of that scene at the end. And then um, it's back on page 18. It's back to the final. 18 starts the final fight. Yeah. For for, like part of the final fight. Yeah. For um, four pages. That's what I, that's what I forgot. The final part can be a little slower or a little shorter. Two different fights. I forget about this. Well, it's the same fight. It is broken in two pieces. Okay. It's the same fight. It just picks up where the first one left off. Yeah, with the gun in the face. So then we got like um, four four or five pages to wrap the story up at the end. No, I was saying what I forgot is that it was two separate fights of him going to the mine and Fury in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to work. I mean, honestly, the way I did the outline was basically listen back to that first podcast. And I basically just scripted out what we talked about exactly. Perfect. But the only thing I had to do was do the pacing. And that's probably something we're going to have to continue to do the entire time, obviously, as we write it. Because pacing's number one. Yeah. That's that's what makes or breaks the comic. And I think I hit the beats pretty good. So if anything, we just make it a little longer if we have to. Yeah. There's no reason it can't be 26 pages. The True. maximum we would need to I go just, is two more pages, but I don't even think we'll I don't to. think so. I don't think we'll have to. I think we're going to... I don't know. I don't think we'll ever have to cut it shorter, but I think 24 is plenty long. That's yeah, a, for sure. That's a big comic book. Yeah. You know? And we were, ta- we were talking about when we went to Wizard if we do uh, 
like a graphic no- novel type book, but then we started talking about like a trade, you know, yeah. getting a collected of four issues, which I think is still the plan, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, t- I told you we were going to talk about it. I have uh, some rough ideas for future issues. Okay. Because I think we might have mentioned it, but the basis of this was to do short stories. Yep. Not a continuing storyline. Um, and just kind of throw this character into different situations. Mm-hmm. So we're going to throw all this away after we're done with it. Yeah. Story after this wise. One, one story. And it'll be a completely new story, but with the same character. Yeah. But even the style is probably going to change significantly. Because I think we want to play with different styles. Yeah, going from like Western setting to... So the next one I thought I just had a cool visual of when he leaves this town, he just ends up and it's kind of a hiking up in the... It's like almost the Himalayas. Yeah. And then he finds like a a city in the top of the Himalayas that's like really remote with some weird stuff going in there. And then we can bring in, we can pepper in some jetpack stuff into that. A lot of jetpack stuff in a mountain. I that for another issue I thought about was like him noticing like these gigantic like floating airships, and he's got to fly up into this like cloud city with his (laughs) jetpack. We you had said cloud city before. You had you had said that once before. I think it's recorded. I believe it's recorded in the first episode. You had said something about a cloud city. Yeah, and I love it. We could run into Lando Calrissian. <laughs> he can sabotage the whole thing. I mean, you never know. Why not bring Darth Vader in? It's not like he's copyrighted or anything. We can bring in <laughs> Smarth Smater. <laughs> yes, that's Snarf. You Snarf. know how there was like, um, there was um, Deadpool was like a direct ripoff of um, Deathstroke. Deathstroke is yeah. Slade Wilson, Slade. and then they made Wade, Wade Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, just like the hand and the foot. Yeah, from Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Did you, did you know that the a radioactive ripoff. waste that yeah. caused Matt yeah. Murdock's powers was the same waste that fell down and turned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes, I did know that's that. And I think it's amazing that it's tied together like that. And that's like, <laughs> and that was for like real. a parody that's canon, right? Like that's. Like, I don't actually. know, because it's two different companies. I think it was parody, honestly, at the time, when they made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was parody. It had to have been. And maybe. then, I don't think it's canon, because I don't think Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles has ever been Marvel. No? I don't think so. Do they own it? They don't own it now? It's it's always an independent comic. Huh. I didn't no, know that. You know who owns it now? How, how Nickelodeon. So then DC must just do deals with Nickelodeon then? Sure, they do licensing deals. I'm because sure. I know Batman and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been in the same book recently. Oh, uh, well, they. I don't know who does the comics now. It might, DC <laughs> might do, bought the comic rights. Maybe, for I, all I, I don't know. know. But I'm I, pretty sure the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book is IDW. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Though. I followed them today. On our uh, yes, on, Instagram? Yes, Snarf Comics is following... IDW, along with like Image and a bunch of other people, we're following everyone. So everyone, at least it used to be us. IDW. I don't know if it still is, but yeah, it still is. I like it. I, I I've never IDW been, got the rights in 2011. I guess I have never read a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles book. Um, I, I haven't either. I don't think. I loved the cartoon. Thought the cartoon was great, but that's the only thing I really well, and the original movies in the nineties. Yeah, those are freaking awesome. I love them. 
So, anyway, that's kind of the short synopsis of what's going on with the comic. Yep. We've made a lot of progress. We're probably going to break down what, who's going to do what. has made a lot of progress. Well, we're going to probably, after the podcast, I suppose, break down a little bit more of who does where we're going from here. I'm pretty sure my plan is just to let you write out all of it. It's fine. And I'll just agree to it. I think that's a lot easier on my end. Come through on a second pass? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm going to get, I'll we're, we're going to break up some scenes, I think. Okay. I like that idea. That's what I need, Chris. Honestly, I need that. Yeah. Just like we did before. I um, kind of, when we did it before and we broke up pages, I was like, okay, this is what I have to do. This page through this page, I got to get it done. And I treated it like, like we said earlier, not necessarily like a job, but this is what I, I need to do yeah. for me to survive. I life. feel like at this point, <laughs> it makes sense for me to do the second fight. Absolutely. Um, you're the fight guy. I have... Just like in real life. A lot a of the other scenes in my head, which is what makes it difficult, but not the mind scene and not the end, four, four or five pages at the end. Not necessarily. Here's a question I got. How... Okay, so the whole scene in the bar and everything mm-hmm. with the, the woman he meets and they yes. spend the night or whatever. What do we, how mature is this book? How, what, how comfortable are you with um, having a book that we can pass out? Because I think um, maybe that in I my mind, I, I, it's a little more than maybe I would be, be comfortable letting my grandparents read. Yeah. I don't necessarily want it to be. Um, but it kind of is what it is, right? Yeah, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll see where that plays out. I don't necessarily want it to be like porn. No, no, no. Um, that's what you're thinking, about, Chris. You're disgusting. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like a scene. Is there nudity allowed? I don't know. Close. I'm not I, talking I about no. full on. I'm talking about like the suggestion of right. I mean, there could be suggestion. I think that's fine. Okay, but I don't. I don't think there needs to be like actual drawn out. No, I'm, no stuff. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. They did it with Batman recently. They did. They it was do a that big a lot deal. in comics. It was a big deal to see Batman's junk. Oh, yeah, I'm not, not And no. then and then DC like went wild and I'm not got I'm rid not a big it. fan of nudity for the sake of shock value. That's right. not what I'm getting at. Just suggestion. Yeah. Suggestion. Oh, yeah, I think the suggestion needs to be there to tell the story. I think so too. In order to to understand the connection. Yeah. Like he if you didn't, if if you just thought they went up there and like played pinochle, you know, and then came out as being close to one another, it's not going to happen. Like nobody's going to believe that. But if they have some sort of like physical and emotional connection together, I think it's more realistic that he would want to save them. Right. You know I what agree. I mean? Well, that's what I was kind of, I haven't gotten there yet. So that's the next if I was going to write a next scene, that's probably what I would tackle. So I would say if you're looking for stuff to tackle, that mind scene, the fight then after that back in the bar could be a really cool scene. I'm wondering if, for me personally, I think it would be hard to write the mind scene without knowing what happens in the bar I agree. prior. You know what I mean? That's the problem with all this. It's hard to write the next thing without knowing what happens before it. I mean, I'll, tr- I'm, I'll, I'll put... Here's I'll what put some words down for it, and I think it'll be. It's easier okay. than to edit. It's easier to edit 
than it is to start from scratch. So sure, if you have exactly. something in there and then we can pick and choose out of there, even though you might not know exactly if if I write something different, it might not jive, it might but we not can connect. fix it. Yeah, but we can do that. And it's that's a lot easier did. to copy and paste a few things. I don't things know why I'm worrying about this stuff. This is exactly what we did with Fortran. Exactly I think what we it did. came out just fine. It did. It did. Because that story was a little bit different because it's jumping from place to place, and it was pretty easy to say he just jumped over there. Right. You know what I mean? Here, he's not jumping dimensions. So... um fourth reich the guy jumped dimensions right this one he doesn't so i think it's so my my approach to that is a little box that says the next day (laughs) yeah two hours later (laughs) i'm totally fine with that i don't think we'll need to do that though i think we'll be able to edit it together a little bit better than that um to where it flows easily the good thing is it's like page turns that's the that's, good thing about a comic it. book. When you do a page turn, it can be something completely different. Still follow the storyline, but can be a different place. You know, I would say look through that outline and just pick what you want to do, and let okay. me know so we're not writing on top of each other. Right. Yeah, if I'm going to do something next, I'd like to do the next scene, which is in the bar. Okay. Meeting the girl. That's what I would like to write next. Okay. You can write anything else, or you can write that, and I can pick something else. I don't care, but. All right, I'll look at it. I'll read it and then see what we need to do. I'm trying to. Man, I had it last night, but then I recorded a podcast. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to do one page a night. That's my goal. Every I night. think that's Because you can do a page in, a, in an hour. If we, if we both do two pages a night, you know, yeah, I'm just throwing that out there. If we both did two pages a night... I mean, we're we're done in a, a week and a half. Yeah, you know. I think one and page then a is a little more realistic. It is, and, and I'm just saying how quick it, it can let's go. Let's call it five days a week, so five pages a week each. Isn't it amazing how some of these guys are putting out comic books in three days, three or four days? It's, yeah, but they're I don't think they're working oh a full script. They couldn't be. Well, some of them do, I bet. Yeah, maybe not as detailed as what we're doing. That's and they write for a living. You know, well, that too. We probably just need to be a little less detailed on the visual aspects. Yeah. And we can always add that later. So we can always write the story and come back later and then say what the panel looks like. Because then we know the story. It's mm-hmm. easier to do it later. It is a lot easier once you know the story and have it all hashed out. So right yeah. now, don't even worry about screen direction. Well, you know what? Do whatever well, you want. Yeah. But I'm going to have yeah. I'm gonna have screen direction. You have to. I'm sorry. So am I. Because I wonder who am I saying. That's... The way I can write these things from my limited experience of doing it once and two, and three pages, yes, <laughs> is that I I look at that outline, I know what I got to do, and I, I just picture what it would be if it was in a movie. Yeah, and then that's e- all you can do. And then each scene, and I would even down to the camera angle, I just direct it like I would a movie, and then it just kind of becomes clear. Do you remember uh, the issue we had with Fourth Reich, and we started getting it drawn? I remember we we were giving that direction, and we said something about seeing a billboard up in the back and him walking down the street. You know, I loved that page. At, yeah, at night. But we got back that I can't fit all that stuff in a panel. Yeah, that's a problem. He's like, I can't put a billboard in your lighting and hit the angle of him walking down the street and seeing all these things you're talking about in the same panel. It just doesn't work. Well, that's fine. Then he needs to figure out a way to do it. 
Right. So which they'll probably cut stuff out. Which you is know, fine. but that's but that was something that I was never aware of. You're never aware of that when you're writing it. Right. You just think, man, this looks really this sounds really cool. It looks I think it would look really cool. And then you realize an artist has to put that together. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. But I mean just draw the billboard smaller. I know there's the stuff distance. that I wrote that isn't gonna work. How so? On that first page. There's... Like what? I think all of it sounded pretty good, that it would work in art. I mean, a lot of it was big, wide shots of forest and bamboo and Yeah, a lot of that's two not people. Work. Why? Just because it's, it's... It could be shadow the figures. Because they can't be, like, super close together. And then you got one no, guy no. way up in the air in a jetpack and another guy on the ground. Well, that's true. I, I, we'll just have to figure it out. When we work with an artist. Yeah. And that's mostly their job. Yeah. Because I don't know how to do that. I don't know. You're the closest thing we got to an artist. Well, that's really sad. Because <laughs> I can't, I can barely do stick figures. Well, anyway, <laughs> I thought, um, since we're talked about the comic, I thought it would be fun on the podcast and maybe even to do it at the beginning next time. But just to talk about, there's some other ones that do this. What you've seen lately, what you've been watching, anything interesting? Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. What have I been watching? I saw that. Did we talk about last time how Daredevil got canceled? No, no. Yeah, so Daredevil's done. Apparently. At, which I, I, I done honestly. On Netflix, at least. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, I, I didn't I, think the Marvel I, Universe stuff or the Marvel TV stuff on Netflix was going to be touched for a while i thought it was doing pretty well for netflix i feel like with disney having their own streaming app why would they you know i i I feel like at some point it was going to come back to disney on the streaming app i assumed that but i thought the run that they were doing now like shit don't mess with that at the moment because there are so many people that'll you know be in an uproar you can mess with all of it except for daredevil and jessica jones yeah well that's true well yeah because iron fist is done I think Luke Cage is done. Yeah. Um, and now Daredevil. But they haven't said Disney, anything does about Disney come back with a Heroes for Hire show. Well, that's that that was I heard that in a podcast. Like, is that what they're doing? But then I, I wonder. I, you know, somebody on Reddit you'd send me an article on about it. Suggested I never that, actually read that article, by the yeah. way. I just saw the caption and sent it to you. <laughs> so but somebody in the comments had said, um, this makes sense if they're thinking about bringing those characters into the cinematic universe. You're not going to bring Charlie Cox, no, Daredevil into can't. the cinematic well, universe. I'd love it if they did. But they won't. No, I know. These I think two... that's a huge mistake. I do too, but look what Marvel's got coming and how they are, have to start over. They do. They've got to, yeah. They, they need have to new start characters. over after the Avengers. You know, yeah. they need Daredevil as a character. He's the, he's the next logical character. Mm-hmm. And Iron Fist too. And honestly, Luke Cage, all of these, these would work. If they can make Ant-Man work and these other characters work, they can make those characters work in the big screen, and they need them. They have to have them. I mean, Daredevil's a huge character If now. they're going to start over, they have to make a whole new Avengers team. I, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. That's, they're going to be done. After, well, I mean, they're not know, all done. May. Not Doctor Strange. Well, after May, you don't know what's going to happen in the next movie. I mean, I know they won't die, but... I know there's going to be more Spider-Man movies. There's going to be more Doctor sure. Strange movies. There's going to be more Guardians of the Galaxy movies. 
but you know, for your, I think you're probably going to slow down on the Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. So you got to kind of replace I that. I don't think you'll see him again. I think they'll change Captain America to a different. To Winter Soldier will become Captain America. You think so? Well, I, that I think makes they're going to kill Chris Evans off. Yeah, that makes sense. Happens in the comics. Falcon oh, yeah, becomes Captain America. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite. So yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. So other than that, I don't really know. Captain Marvel trailer came out. Oh yes, that's really good. The Captain Marvel trailer is freaking phenomenal. I didn't watch it uh, until I saw uh, a tweet from Kevin Smith, and he had said uh, he just put like, um, oh crap, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he said, I I just saw Captain Marvel fly through space blowing crap up left and right he's like and this is the world i live in (laughs) like how can you get any better than this and then so i saw that and there was a bunch of people that retweeted it that's so that's why i had seen it so then i immediately watched the trailer um and whoa dude like this i think this might be my favorite movie before it even comes out (laughs) i really do i think she's gonna be really great yeah i it's unbelievable. I feel like it's different than the rest of Marvel is amazing at making their characters better than what you could ever believe that they would be. Right. You know what I mean? Like you you know what they look like in the comics, but man, once you see them up there and doing their thing, holy crap, that trailer was amazing. If the movie's anything they could play that trailer on repeat for the movie, and I'd be like, "That's a success." <laughs> like, I'll, I'm gonna watch that again. I thought it was really great. I, I'm not. I don't know much about Captain Marvel. Um, Frankly, I didn't really know anything too much. So wasn't it? It was Miss Marvel, and then different characters. No, I thought they com- I thought they were the same until Carol Danvers came along and was Captain Marvel. Honestly, I don't know. In the comics, Miss Marvel's different. It's an amazing comic that you definitely should all go get. Is the new run of Miss Marvel issue one? Really? It is. Uh, I don't even know this. Well, well I mean, I know it's, of it. It's, but I... it's like if I had to recommend a comic for, especially for um, women to read, since they're not necessarily in the comics. That's what I think. This is going to do way better than what Wonder Woman did. The new Miss Marvel is a younger Muslim girl, or. Yeah, like something a, Middle Eastern. Yes, something girl, and um, it's just a, it's an interesting take. It's a great book. It's very, very good. But anyway, um, I'm looking it up because I'm pretty sure I thought Carol Danvers at one point was Miss Marvel. Could um, be, and then. Yeah, Danvers later became the first incarnation of Miss Marvel yep. in Miss Marvel number one. Yep, you're right. January the 1977. The new one is Kamala Khan, and um, there's been a bunch of them. Pakistani-American from New Jersey who idolizes Carol Danvers. It premiered in 2014 and became the first Muslim character to headline her own comic book. Wow. It's a very good book. I would definitely recommend it. It won the 2015 Hugo Award for Best Graphic Novel. Is that one of the few books that you've been, that you've bought that you actually read? I read that one. I haven't, I haven't, (laughs) I I read the first and the second trade. I haven't read anything since then. But yeah, that's definitely one I would read. 
I'll give it to you next time. That's why I, I feel bad like commenting on how this movie is going to be when I don't know the backstory. I don't much, know a lot about her. I know a lot about the backstory, like the Cree and the, the scroll yeah. stuff. So that's where I'm, it gets a little murky because some of that can get a little inside baseball. Exactly. That's why I feel bad commenting on it because I don't know. It's just, I don't know about it, so I feel like I need to go back and now read everything about Captain Marvel before I watch the movie. <coughs> that kind Excuse of space me. and alien race <clears throat> stuff can, if it's not done well, can be real not interesting. But they do it well, like in Guardians of the Galaxy. So if they can do it like that, they're going to do fine. Well, let, yeah, everybody thought that when they came out with uh, Guardians that it was going to be like junk. And I think it might be the best one. <clears throat> I agree. It's my favorite at the moment. And then the second one's really good as well. So I I honestly like the second one better than the first. I think I do too. It's deeper. Yeah. It's got more much. emotional. And funnier. And but let's face it, uh Infinity War is kind of a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It is. Absolutely it is. Star Lord screws it all up. Oh, it's so infuriating. <sighs> yeah, a little bit. Um I, I've been watching so, this sh- weird oh, go ahead. No, that's what I was gonna say. So um, basically I haven't, I haven't watched much. I don't really have TV yeah. at the moment. Um, I haven't actually since I moved in the new house besides Netflix and Hulu and whatnot, but I just don't, I don't know at night now, especially that we started this, I'm doing more things involved with this than I do watching TV. So That's if I watch anything, same thing. I watch, I liked, I haven't hunted at all this year, but I like things involving hunting. And there's a show called Man Eater. I've been um, I've been watching that like late at night when I fall asleep. Yeah, that's it's perfect for that. I really like Steve Ranella. Yeah, um, I'm not a huge fan of the show, to be honest. Really? How can you not be? I think it's probably because I put it on and then I fall asleep usually. So yeah, I don't see the whole thing. But I I think it's neat just because he goes from hunting to uh, cooking what he just killed. That's cool. I watched the whole exactly episode on him uh, processing a deer. Yeah. That was a good one. It's fun to watch. Then I watched one when they were in Wisconsin hunting deer, and I was like, meh. I watched the Joe Rogan one. It was okay. Yeah, there are some that are just kind of boring, but I I like the premise of it to where it's showing you that we're not out here just, like, slaughtering animals because it's fun. Right. So, I mean, he's there are a lot of people that kill things to eat you know, yeah. and have for the rest of the year now there are people that go out there just because they can um but i don't know i like the way i like the way he does that what i do <clears throat> sorry uh what i do watch a lot i watch youtube a lot more than i should um but i watch this guy mn millennial farmer minnesota minnesota millennial farmer hmm. uh what's his name scott johnson okay and uh is it Scott or Sean? Scott. No, Sean's my friend. Um, he's amazing. He films himself farming, uh, doing everything that you would normally do on a daily basis or that I've done before. And it's nothing special, but he produces this, these videos in a way that are extremely entertaining. Huh. He's also promoting agriculture in a way that... Uh, you know, enlightens people on how it's actually done rather than having the stigma of, you know, uh, uh, GMOs and, uh, spraying chemicals on the ground. Like 
you know, people think you're just dumping chemicals on the ground. He has a whole video dedicated to him spraying. He's just driving along in his sprayer, really nice sprayer. Um, but he explains like the mixture rate, how much water, I mean, how water is basically the carrier for the chemical. You're using very little chemical so that you, cause it's expensive. You don't want to spend a ton of money on chemicals. So you're using the least amount that you can in order to be effective and kill the weed. Um, he just explains all that. And then he did a, a water testing from one of his fields and he, he took water out of the tile and had the water tested and it was actually cleaner than the water that he was using at his house, like out of the well at the, sh- it was at a shop. Um, but it was cleaner than that after the ground itself has filtered it out and it's coming out of the tile. And then he was drinking it he was drinking his water out of the tile pipe. But it's, I think it's really cool that he's giving people information that they wouldn't normally get. Yeah. And his his uh, page blew up. His He's got like 176,000 followers or something now um, because people enjoy what he's doing. And he makes references that I get. Like he made a Wayne's World reference the other day. <laughs> I, he was cleaning out his dryer. He's inside of his dryer cleaning out the dryer, and he made a Wayne's World reference. I can't remember which one. But I laughed my ass off because I was like, man, I love Wayne's World. And this dude <laughs> just commented on it. He's young, too. I mean, hmm. he's like, he's in his mid-30s probably. He's got a few kids, but it's really great. You nice. should watch it. I will check that out for sure. I've been watching this really weird show. Just I, I haven't been watching much either because I've been writing at night and doing other stuff. But mm-hmm. Good. Keep it up. I'm going to. But usually I put on something when I go to bed, mm-hmm. kind of fall asleep, too. So I've been watching this weird, weird show on uh, HBO called Camping, and it's got David Tennant in it. It's really? a comedy. It's got I've David Tennant, Jennifer Garner. How could I have not heard of this? Juliette Lewis, and it's about... Um, Juliette Lewis is weird. I'm going to put yeah, that out there. Well, she's weird in this show. So it's about these four couples that are friends, and they go camping for the weekend. Uh-huh. And Jennifer Garner's like super 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 uptight like crazy and she's married to david Tennant, and um he's just like a beat down man husband Mm -hmm. and then juliette lewis she's like one of the guys just met her and she's a crazy hippie and and anyway it's kind of good it's kind of funny there's affairs it's it's a is what you're saying it's a yeah oh yeah but it's a (laughs) it's kind of a i wouldn't call it a slapstick comedy but it's are they camping the entire time yeah so i mean it's, all it's take, just like the whole season's like over four days or something. Oh, okay. So it's a long camping trip. Well, I don't. I it, it's more a comedy than it is, mm-hmm. you know, having to make sense. But, We're gonna have to check that out. Uh, who else? It sounds it? funny. There's I love David Tennant. Guest star from um, what's her name? Busy Phillips or what's her girl's Busy name? Phillips? Yeah, she guest starred in the last episode. Anyway, so I'm gonna keep watching that. But if anybody doesn't know who David Tennant is. Um, he was the doctor on Doctor Who. I believe he was the 10th the doctor. Tenth. Yeah, the and tenth doctor. Uh, he's my favorite. I really loved Matt Smith, who was the 11th doctor with Amy Pond. It's a close call between it's the two. It's very tight. I didn't think... I think um, both of us, you know, David Tennant was the doctor when we kind of really, really got into it. I mean, after Ecclesfield, but... But man, his some of his episodes that he had in Doctor Who were so like... Kind of dark, emotional. Dark. And I like dark and emotional. Seeing how Batman's my jam. Just brooding. Uh, and Swamp Thing. I am. I'm just a brooding fellow, aren't I? But he had a lot of episodes that were like that. And some of the writing in those episodes that he was in, 
I just don't think you'll ever see again. Like Silence I, in the Library is just. I don't know. My that, the whole Matt Smith run was really good too, though. But I, it's very lighthearted and more comical. Yeah, and I like the deeper there stuff. Was some pretty deep Man. stuff. With there was Amy Pond and. Yeah, absolutely, there was. I just what put David Tennant over the edge for me is he acts better in those situations than what Matt Smith acted. I would in agree situation. with that. That when he regenerates, you know, it's it don't want to go. It you know, like killed me. Yeah, it. I've a part of me died when he when when he was gone. Have you watched the new season at all? No, that's what I was going to get. I have into, them all recorded. I need to. I need to get into the new season with the female doctor because yeah. I think she looks really. I've watched a lot of trailers and snippets and stuff of her uh, doing her thing. I, I watched. I, I feel like I like one it. episode, but I don't even. Rem- I don't really remember it. Well, that's not ago. good. Well, no, I, I don't really. I would think I was doing something at the time. Falling asleep again, probably. Sounds like a reoccurring problem you have. Yeah, well, that's what happens when it's like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah, that sucks. That is true. We're gonna run into that. Yeah, we are. Not really. It's midnight. I guess we should probably wrap it up. Yeah, I think uh, unless I we want to go hit... for the three hour and then split it into two. No, I don't think we want to do that at all. I think a solid two hours is good. Um, Where are we at right now? Two twelve. Two twelve. Once again, we just can't keep them. We short. can't keep it under two hours. We we'll get there. We're, we're much closer. People now. are going to complain about the length. Like I already know, but it, I don't know what to tell you. We just got so much information to tell you. I don't know how to keep it in. I I would like to keep it in two hours, but I just I don't know if it's going to be possible. It is what it is, man. This yeah. is what we're doing. Yeah. So, uh, for this episode, I'm Jerry. I'm Chris. Thanks for listening.